What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. I'm with the great Guru. The Guru is back. Make sure to subscribe to Guru's podcast on all good podcasting services. Also, follow Guru on Instagram, at Rugby League Guru, and Facebook. Brought to you by the best beer in the land, the best beer in the country, Bloke in a Bar beer. It's smooth, it's easy drinking, it's not fruity, it's not hoppy, and it supports the platform. If you enjoy Bloke in a Bar content and you consume a bunch of it and you love the podcast, this is how we keep the lights on. Go down and grab a case of Bloke in a Bar. It supports the platform and it helps us grow to do bigger and better things. You know, it helps us get new shows, do new talent, uh, create new content, be able to go to clubs and into, like we can get, if the, the bigger the beer gets, the bigger, the more content that I can create for you. Uh, this week we talk about the first eight teams top 30 squads we go in deep I'm talking big deep into their squads we talk about Braley the huge loss he is to the Knights injured for four to six months Nelson linked to Japan there's so much to talk about but as usual let's get straight into it baby just a bloke in a bar what is up ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of bloke in a bar we're back we're feeling better than ever guru I've got the great guru beside me mate I don't think I've ever felt this good. Refreshed and ready to go, huh? I'm refreshed and ready to go. Honestly, I may have caught a new variant because <laughs> I'm feeling aggressive. Blood I'm variant. feeling dominant. And my testosterone levels are through the roof. So I don't know what the variant's called. Maybe Denicron? We'll call Denicron. it Denicron. Because I'm feeling fucking aggressive <laughs> and dominant. Uh, it's a great time to be a footy fan because we're getting through those last few weeks. Guess what? About four weeks until the first All-Star match. Mate, I think Maddie said it best last night. The cricket finished and he said it's footy season. Yep, I, I mean, yeah, fair, fair. Let's just get it done. Let's, you know what? Let's put fucking some more trial matches in. Let's play like really obscure local areas like Logan versus <laughs> fucking Bankstown and make that an all-star <laughs> match. How about that? Let's just get fucking start January 1st, season starts, and we get eight trial matches in before the season starts. I, I think that's what we should do. I'll speak to Vandy's. I'm sure he'll be keen on that idea. Um, first of all, brought to you by the beautiful bloke in a bar. I've been having one too many of these over the summer. Uh, crisp, easy drinking. And I tell you what, watching the cricket with a bloke in your hand, that's the dream. That's the dream. I was listening to the Weekend's album, the Weekend, you know, the Weekend sound. Mm. And there's a poem at the end of it, and it said, you got to be heaven to see heaven. And when I drink a bloke, I feel like heaven. Hey, and then I see heaven. heaven. So if you want to see heaven, like The weekend, well, it's Jim Carrey actually that said it. It's on the outro. Great track. Great, you know, actually recommending CDs. Uh, they, I mean, that's, where, that's how old I am. I just said CD. <laughs> CD. <laughs> um, the weekend, absolute banger of a, of, a, of a CD. But these are the stores that are in the spotlight. G.A. Ritchie's, Ellamore Vale, St. Kilda Hotel, Armadale, Tats Hotel, Innervale, uh, Inverell, Coogee Sellers Bottom Line, the great Coogee. If, if you don't go to the Coogee Pav, stumble on down to the Coogee Sellers, I'm not here. I'm not here. IGA Blaney, Newcastle Celebrations, N17 Burger Company in Port Douglas, Legends Forest Hills Wagga, Celebrations Aspie, Perth, Belvedere Hotel Woody Point, and Saltwater Creek on the Gold Coast. That's my stomping ground, the local boy, the local country boy of Madrabar. Uh, and also, Falvey Celebration Superstore in Goodnar has found some bloke in a cardigan cans. They are limited edition. We will never make those again. So if you want to get down to there, get down to there. But we've got some huge news. All of Newcastle yesterday, basically, I heard the Novocastrian heartbreak across. It was 
almost a seismic shock. Brayley, Achilles injury, four to six months out. Is this the worst possible timing yes. in Newcastle? Imagine yes. Like not even season 22 franchise-wise yes. this is. For those playing at home, KP, he's got until I think it's round 16. I think it's June 30th he has to make a decision. Does he stay for another two years or not? It's in his favour. And uh, it looks like Brayley's going to be out for that entire time. I was worried without Pierce, without Pierce and Brayley. Serious Barney. Like, I cannot express the Barney that Newcastle are in right now because as we've already discussed, the first half of the year, their whole MO was re-sign Kalen Ponga and it was already a huge uphill battle, huge uphill battle. And then to lose Braley, who was also your captain or co-captain, it is absolutely, when they're already light in the halves area, like that's the, that was their whole concern with the Knights was, we, they don't have a spine that has played together, that is a recognised seven or six. You know, obviously Clifford is, is developing. Mm. To lose Braley, who I think actually had probably career best last 16 months. Without, I, I thought for the first half of last year he was a top five hooker in rugby. Oh, he, was he was really good. Um, that was off an ACL too. Exactly, so exactly. he could have done this year. <clears throat> It's heartbreaking. Yeah, because it he, was, he was playing some good footy at the Sharks, especially towards the end there. Then, obviously, he, he did his ACL. But when he came into Newcastle, they looked like a different side. Yep. They honestly looked like a different side. What, what, do you, what are your thoughts? I mean, how dramatic is this? Are we talking this could hurt the club for the next four to five years? And I don't mean in the sense that it's going to hurt the club because he, they play poorly for one year. I'm talking about the fact that this is another obstacle in not re-signing Caelan Ponga. So when you think about the Newcastle season, and Maddie can probably do all this, but the first eight weeks, they play six top eight teams without Braley, without Pierce. I think, I think they play Roosters round one. Uh, I, I think they've got the Cowboys and the Dragons. They're the only two non-top eight sides. Cowboys, they play in North Queensland. I mean, if it wasn't for a barbecue last year, Dragons potentially sneak into the eight. Like, it's yeah. a... It is a tough draw. And then, and I was, I was talking to the NRL physio the other day, and he was saying that <clears throat> Braley, best case scenario, comes back five months. Mm. Sort of did the maths. Five months puts him at about round 13 or 14. Yep. So let's say he plays three weeks before KP has to make this decision. They go by Penrith, Canberra, and Canberra. Far out. I was looking at their draw, and I wouldn't be surprised if by the time KP has to make that decision, they've won three games of football. It is a tough draw. Do you think that Newcastle have gone from we need to re-sign KP in the first half of the season to we just need KP not to sign with someone else for this year? You know, just get on the free market and then have a crack at him at the end of the year if we go well. I thought it showed last week when the CEO came out and, you know, the rumours spread about KP's old man getting a job. Yeah. And he came out and said, oh, we're going to sue the ass off anyone. That, it that was, was like, oh, very defensive. Yeah. Very sort of looks like you're already on the back foot there. So yeah. now that this has happened, yeah, mate, to be honest, I'm, I'm worried about Newcastle in 2022, but it doesn't compare to how worried I am about this franchise over the next few years. Absolutely. They are going to – if they can somehow get through this, it will be – masterpiece like an absolute masterpiece by the admin to be able to keep ponga get braley back on the field put some wins together towards i mean who knows you know maybe the, there's a rookie that's going to come in and kill it you know we never we never know uh but i would also argue i think kalen ponga at his best could get them through this yeah 
but I don't know if he's at the point in his career where he's ready for and that's no insult to KP mm. he's young he's not a 29 year old footballer yep. he's still young so it's I, I honestly don't think there could be worse timing when I, I, I didn't believe it. When I saw the news, I was kind of like, surely not. Like, there's no, like, four to six months, that sounds outrageous. Like, how, how did you, and then obviously uh, there was a few people that um, posted about it, and that's when you kind of know, like, look, this looks like to be confirmed. But it is, uh, for, and for, for Braley personally, he'd, he'd come so far. He'd come so far from a player that, you know, he was good. But he developed into a leader at, what, 24, 25 years old? Uh, yeah, it is absolutely devastating for the Knights. And, and I truly take no pleasure in the fact that they are in a really tough spot. I mean, we were already kind of saying, I don't even think KP's going to stay even if yeah. they have everyone on the field. Like, even if Mitch Pearce stayed, Brady was fit, I still think they, they would have faced a massive uphill battle. I still think KP would have looked around and gone, Pierce is 32, 33. Absolutely. It's not going to last re-sign. forever. Not re Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, at the same time, I hope I'm wrong. <coughs> yeah. I hope I'm so wrong and I miss the mark by a mile and KP re-signs, but I don't know. The optics aren't great. I, yeah, I, I totally agree. Because, because KP is... He's essentially the biggest superstar in our game. When you look at all the, the metrics, you know, he's Instagram. So I know that's not the only metrics, but he is a brand bigger than, you know, probably any... He's that a, stuff matters more now than it ever has. Ever has. You know, yeah. maybe like you've got like a Latrell Mitchell who, who, is, who is a massive brand, but obviously very polarizing figure. I don't know why, but he, you know, obviously he's my mate, so I'm biased. But uh, Kalen Ponger, on the other hand... You know, some people, I guess, get polarised. It's mainly out of jealousy because he's, you know, a younger-looking kid that's killing it. But he is quite universally... Not universally loved, but his fan base is just kind of like a rabid fan base. So for a club like Newcastle, who has really, really struggled, basically since they lost Joey, Mm. to lose their next shining star that was such a bright... I I just... How do they recover from that? I think it shows how hard... Because I I look at that Newcastle... I love their front row. I love their back row. Absolutely. They've got two strike centres. They've got good outside backs. But when you don't have that spine, it just... It's almost irrelevant, all the rest of it. Absolutely. Like, Like you can compete, but you can't... You can't... Like, you're missing the cake you've got the icing all around it you just you don't have that spine you're in serious trouble so especially with the standard of the game now you you can't just get away with oh we've got two hectic back rowers just going to punch holes through you because they're they're really not you need to be picked apart these days and where does that come from it comes from the nine it comes and what's even more ironic is i almost feel with the rule changes the nine has become even more important than it used to be whereas when the, the ruck was slow you could almost have a nine that did his tackles and just gave good ball Whereas now the ruck is fast, you need your your you need a, an elite hooker making high end decisions constantly, like over and over and over. I just when you look at when you look at the Knights and then you look at like I say a Storm who have Harry Grant and the Cheese in their squad, right? It's just it's almost unfair. It is. It's yeah. It's and I mean the domino effect in twenty twenty two is now who's going to play hooker. Mm. I, I, I think Chris Randall will, but I don't think he'll play 80 minutes every Kurt week. Mann, does he well, get like all of a sudden, Kurt Mann has to be the 14 to play a bit of nine. You've lost him as an option at 5'8". Yep. Now you've got to find someone else. To, so, and if they have one more injury in that spine... <sighs> like what, if KP goes down at some point next year, which he missed a heap of footy last year, yeah. what, what a Newcastle. Yeah. Where are they scoring points? What's it's, You're totally right. And I mean, when you look at it, okay, so let's say, let's say you, you've obviously lost Braley, so you go... Clifford and Phoenix Crossland. 
that's a young, young halves pairing in a club that is already trying to build something. Also, uh, Adam O'Brien, he must be going, fuck, like... Everything he's gone, he, he come from the Roosters, and rightly so, he took the head coaching role, as you would want to do, that's what you want to progress. And he's walked into a club expecting that he could take the same things that happened at the Roosters, just apply it to the Newcastle Knights, and had a really rough, not, not a really rough first year, because they still made the finals. It hasn't been shocking, but I think that he just hasn't, he, he hasn't reached the heights that he may th- have thought he has. But he has also been extremely unlucky, like the injuries oh, sure. in key positions constantly. That's the NRL, though, at the same time. It's brutal, but it is, it is what it is. You know, I was just thinking, too, you know, when KP's got to make this decision, the three weeks before that, he's going to be in origin camp with other rep players oh. or at other clubs, talking to them. It's And that, that's big because... You almost don't want him to get picked if you're in the Newcastle Knights. Honestly. you don't want him to go on to talk. Yeah, that's... Put it this way. I know multiple big signings that have changed their decision after speaking to people in origin camp because that's where the cream of the crop they know what's going on they know what coaches like this what club is like that they know the right and wrong decisions so you're totally right him going into camp and you know maybe being let's okay here's a here's a good example let's say for some reason and i'm just going to use cameron munster because that's an example i'm not saying that this is going to happen but let's say wayne has had a big conversation with cam munster and then KP goes in to camp with him. And all of a sudden, they start talking to each other. Hey, bro, are you, are you going already? Maybe, maybe. Like, this is just a, a, a scenario. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but this is how it happens, mm. where two superstars come together and say, let's fucking do it, you know? Um, to add another layer to it, I would put money on that Wayne is calling Felice Gafusi and saying, when you're in origin camp, sit next to KP at every lunch, breakfast, dinner. Absolutely. Sell it as much as you can. Yep. Yep. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, that, that's going to be the scariest thing when he leaves Newcastle camp, walks into that state of origin camp, they're building a new franchise in Queensland under Wayne Bennett. Uh, once again, with all due respect to Adam O'Brien, if I've got a phone call from Wayne. I mean, it's, it's essentially every coach. It is what for, it is, yeah. Yeah, every coach except for maybe Bellamy and Robinson. But, but even, you know what's crazy, is even Munster was wooed mm. by that Bennett magic. Even Munster coming out of that Queensland camp was kind of, you know, in awe of, you know, Wayne and how well he had treated him. And that's a guy and that... he's going back to Bellamy. He's going back to Bellamy. Yes. So, uh, yeah, crazy, crazy times at Newey. Uh, I really hope that they pull through this. I, I, this is what I hope happens. A young guy comes in, he blows a scene apart, and we go, holy shit, how good is this young hooker? Um, I hope Clifford continues to develop like he has. I felt the last 10 weeks of his season was really good. Um, well, not really good. I thought it was, was good. And I hope he continues that development. Um, and I hope Kalen Ponga, you know, arrives as not the young kid with talent, but, okay, this is a, a, a franchise-defining player that can truly take a franchise up into that top finals footy. That's what I hope happens. Mm. Do I think it's going to happen? Uh, I think they've got a, a huge battle to re-sign Ponga. Mate, you look at where they finished last year. They were seventh. For me, the gap between them and six was... Yeah, a gorge. Like, it was yeah. massive. Um, and I think of the, what is it, 10 teams below them, I reckon six have improved. Mm. Newcastle's got worse, mm. dramatically worse. Yeah, I don't, I, they did not look as good as they looked last year. Well, obviously, the year before. 2020, yeah. I was imp- there, was, there was stretches of footy that I was pretty impressed with uh, Newcastle. 
2021, I, I never really sat there and was like, oh shit. Like, Even when Pierce was there, yeah. I was still like, they're not competing with these top six yeah. sides. No, no, I agree. And, and, and obviously, you know, I'm sure Newey fans would be like, well, hang on a sec. They took the Eels to the death in a finals game. That was one game. I never really saw, you know, a stretch of games where I was like, fuck, Newey are, are taking that next step. Whereas in 2020, I actually did see, you know, five to six to seven, eight games where I was like, fuck me, Newey look like they're actually going progressing into that six area. Now, I know they, they faded off into the end of the season, if I recall correctly, 2020, but we still saw that high-quality footy for a longer period of time, I think, in, in 2020. Yeah, yeah. and I, yeah. I, I look at next year's or this year's competition and Brisbane have to improve, mm. Cronulla have to improve, Canterbury have to improve. Yeah. Competition gets harder and they've lost more of their key positions. Tough, man. So tough. So, Jaden Braley, mate, all the best on the recovery. Yeah. I hope you get back as soon as possible, as safely as possible. Um, devastated. Now, on to the young. Well, he's not – I mean, he is still kind of young. He's 26, I think. 26, yeah. Ash Taylor upgraded to a full-time gig in the Warriors. I think this is great signs for uh, – this is absolutely great signs for the Warriors. You know what's crazy is and, – and first of all, I'll ask you, what are your thoughts on the Taylor getting that upgrade? I love Ash Taylor. Always been a big fan of him. Um, I think I always think about the best juniors I've ever seen, and Ash Taylor's a top three for me. Mm. Um, he's he was he was a first, he was a first grade halfback when he was fifteen. He was unbelievable. Wow. Like um, there was a there was a carnival where he was the halfback, and Branko Lee was his five eight, and Branko was just bigger than everyone, so he he dominated. But Ash, he was kicking forty twenties. There was repeat sets from all over the place. He's always yep. just been different. Ash Taylor. Um, you know, without getting into money conversations or whatever. I think it has, has had an impact on him. And I think going to a new club will be fantastic. And he's not the guy there. Yeah. No. Sean Johnson is. He can be the six. He can, yeah, I mean, it's not his jersey either. He's got to compete with Chanel Harris-DeVita, Cody Nikarima. I'm really excited for Ash Taylor. I, I think he's still got so much more to offer. It's scary to think he's 26. It feels like he's been around for 15 oh, years, mate. Ash Taylor. It feels like people have been bagging him for 15 years. Yeah, literally. Um, I'm very excited about him. Now... Did you know, now this is from 40.20 on Instagram. In Ash Taylor's 115 game career, he's played with 12 different half partners and seven different coaches. That's a new halves partner every 9.6 games and a new coach every 16.4 games. I tell you what, obviously, you know, the million dollar price tag, it was inflated. The Titans needed someone and, and you know, good on Ash for getting that contract. But you cannot tell me now. I'm not. This is not to say that oh, poor Ash Taylor, and he's just been hard. To, not at all. Like this is footy. This this happens. But you cannot tell me that's the best environment for developing a, a young yeah, half. For sure. I mean, he came in with so much hype as well. It was, and I mean, I'm sorry. Is he the first guy to go to the Titans and not be super successful too? Like it's not like he walked into the Melbourne Storm or the Sydney Roosters. <laughs> Yeah, I feel very sorry for Ash, I think. And I'm once again, I'm like you. I'm not saying he's played unbelievably great football. Mm. Um, but he's, if, if you think he's got, he doesn't have the potential, you're kidding yourself. Yep. Absolutely kidding yourself. So I'm really excited for him. I think it's a good move by the Warriors. I, um, I think it's, it's more a case of has this initial part of his career scarred him so much he'll never recover? Or can he push through that block and continue to have the fight to be a high-end NRL player because it's not talent. Even even like last year and the year before, we saw, you know, you see moments of brilliance from him. Um, now, again, not saying that he's going to do that. This is absolutely not a, a case where, oh, 
he's just been unfairly maligned. No, he, he's played some pretty poor footy, and, and I'm sure he, he would say the same thing. But at the same time, he did have a couple of good years, and the environment that he was coming up in, not a very good environment. So I think this is great, great for him, great news. I think it could go either way. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, but I'm all for supporting Ash Taylor, always have been. So, yeah, I think if we get the very best out of Ash Taylor, it's a win for Rugby League. Absolutely, absolutely. And a win for the Warriors. If they can get a high-quality half doing his best, like, that would be fantastic for the Warriors. Absolutely fantastic. So, who knows? But the positive is, is we're seeing some progress. It's yeah. not like the Warriors, he got down there and they were like, no, man, no way, this guy's done. Um, and you know what? At the very worst, he's on a minimum contract and he's a reserve grade half coming in, filling in for you. It's fantastic. And the other thing about the Warriors, I mean, if he was to walk into Newcastle, you'd expect them to sign him straight away. Mm. Warriors don't really need a 5'8 there. Yeah. They've got Nick Arima, they've got Chanel Harris-Tavita, so he obviously has impressed. Would you, if you're the Newcastle Knights, send out the bat signal to Ash Taylor? Maybe. I would seriously consider it. You seriously. need someone to walk in there. I Yeah. I'd be looking at guys like Aiden Caesar, uh, Ash Taylor. Um, yeah, I'd be looking for some experience. I know Ash Taylor is obviously you know only twenty six years old, but just someone because there's like the Caesar call. So I'd definitely be on Caesar. Like he's, I just felt like a, a lot of Raiders fans didn't really appreciate what he did for that mm. side going to that that grand final. Like, what's the one thing that the Raiders have missed? It's just a steady a really steady hand in the seven role. Don't get me wrong, George Williams I thought was explosive and had some and played some really good footy. But and I'm not sitting here saying that Caesar is a better better option. But I also think that he was underappreciated yeah. at the Raiders because he wasn't flashy, because he didn't do the crazy plays. Look how good Whiten played with him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and a lot of Raiders fans don't agree with that, which is fair enough, that's your opinion. But I get it in the comment sections all the time when I talk about Aiden Caesar. They're like, oh, you know, he, he couldn't kick and he was bored. Like, he didn't really have much to his game. And I'm like, yeah, but you can't all be super – you need your, your, your battlers that get through but it. But I would also argue Newcastle, they don't need an out-and-out -out superstar that's going to score 15 – they just need direction. Yeah, They've got absolutely. a good side. They've got a great pack that will compete with every other pack in this competition. Yep. I mean, I love Mitchell Pearce. Mitchell Pearce isn't a I'm going to do it all off my own back. Mm. He just – he, he has structure to his He's game. That's all they need, yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't, I don't mind the Aiden Caesar one. There's, what about this? This is, this is more left field. Do you send the bat signal to Corey Norman? I, I'm pretty confident Corey won't even respond to it. I'm kind of – I kind of think they already have, to be honest with you. You reckon? Yeah, and I, I don't <clears> think Corey wants anything to do with it. Wow. Wow. I mean – <laughs> like they've got to send it to someone. Someone's going to, I agree with you though. I mean, it, it, once you're gone, you're gone. Once you've said, I don't want to do this anymore, especially when he had, he did have options like Corey Norman. It's not like, obviously he's not going to be getting an 800 K contract somewhere. It would have been a minimum, you know, last ditch chance kind of thing. Uh, and for him to just go, you know what? Cause he, he could have got, he could have gone to super league and killed it in my opinion. Um, you know, I know sometimes he's, well, I know he struggled for form at the dragons, but Insane. He's, he did make the Queensland side 2020. Oh, and there's, there's no halves. Yeah. There's no halves in rugby league. We're, yeah. we're so short on them, it's not even funny. I mean, and I mean, even if Corey was to go there, he would be the scapegoat the moment he walked yeah, in. Yeah. It's not worth it. Like, the, the online bullying is not worth the minimum contract for me. Abs yeah, I totally agree. But it, it, is a good, like, it is a good thought process of like, who's out there? You know, mm. you've, you, like Corey Norman just retired. Ash Taylor just been upgraded to Warriors. 
Aiden Caesar, I'm, I'm not sure how happy he is over there. If he might be loving Super League. You know, you know, do you bring back Blake Austin? Like, where, like, who else is there? And so the Knights have found themselves in a position where there's no one on the market and they're just in a tough spot. I feel so sorry for the Knights far out. And this is where over the last year there has been a heap of halves on the market, but they had Pierce. Mm. So they didn't bot like... Yep. It's, the t- it's a cruel game timing-wise. Because yep. like, there's no way they're letting go of Pierce if Braley does this before. Not a hope in hell. They don't let go of Connor Watson either if they have it their oh, way. Oh, Connor, I totally forgot. Oh, my God. Like the, the last three months, or oh, however, totally six months, forgot. has been a nightmare. It could not have got worse. Who they let go and whatnot. I totally it's, forgot Connor Watson. And guess where Connor Watson is, is basically training to play at the Roosters? Yep. Hooker. Hooker. And that's a fact. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. That's fucked. Would have been handy to have KP's best mate in Newcastle yeah. at the same time. Would be like, handy to have their best ball runner, essentially, outside of KP in that, yeah. in that spine area. He, I mean, out of the forwards, he, you could argue he's one of their best ball runners. He, you know, he breaks a lot of tackles. He's, he's constantly at high energy. <clears throat> I would argue out of the Newcastle squad, KP is the... Ah, sorry. Connor Watson is probably the most suited to the modern game. Yeah, absolutely. Abs- and that's why I reckon the Roosters have, have identified that yep. and gone an explosive hooker that we just need to teach a few things. We just need to train him up a bit. Yeah, we'll Who sign him. play halfback, 5'8", lock, fullback, yep. Yep. second row. If oh, we I totally forgot about that, man. That is fucking crazy, yeah, it's man. It's a shit fight. It, it oh, I feel so sorry for the Knights. That is... All right. Now, this is really interesting because it gets worse for the Knights. Well, not worse, but... I mean, maybe it does. Stafford Toa, who I fucking had a lot of raps on. Big, powerful boy. You get him in a good system, he's going to be good. Real good. And I'm sure he... I'm, I, if I remember correctly, he was, you know, made the, the, all the junior rap sides, everything like that. I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly. And when he did play, he looked strong. Like, he wasn't... You know, he's developing still. Very young. Signs with the Tigers. First, we'll just go through the Newcastle's pain. Do you think it was good to let him go? Because they've got guys like Dan Gagai, Bradman Best, Anari Tuala. Heimel Hunt. There's Heimel a few Hunt. guys there. I, I think Edric's still there. This, this kid can play, though. Um, he, he's, his upside mm. is, is quite substantial. Like, well, he, he played fullback coming through the juniors. Okay. And he was really handy at fullback. Might need a fullback in 2023, let's be honest here. So, but yeah, I think we're scratching the surface of what Toa can do. Yeah. Um, and so did he made all the rep sides in that coming up? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure with rep sides, but I saw him play for Newcastle when he was coming through and I'd be shocked if he didn't make the rep teams. Yeah, okay. he, he was very handy. Okay. So, and he was always playing fullback. And um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the time he played on the right wing for Newcastle so far in his career and... Mate, you could get a cold on the right wing for mm. Newcastle because they're so left side dominant. So mm. I really don't think we've seen enough of him because Tuala sort of strapped down that left edge. So yep. um, good signing for the Tigers. Uh, as the one spot I was a little bit worried with the Tigers, their centres and everything. Mm. But I think he'll be a good little get for them. I think it's great. I think Tigers, their fortunes have just flipped mm. around. All of a sudden, you've got, you've got a young gun like Toa, uh, Toa willing to go there as well. Um, I think it's a great signing, a really good signing. Ads, what do you got? Uh, Stafford Toa played Aussie Schoolboys and got man of the match. Aussie Schoolboys got man of the match. Yeah, and he also played Junior Kangaroos. Could be worse. What was it? Was he playing fullback? Can you tell? Uh, it doesn't say here. I can find out, but it doesn't say here. Fuck. Yui. How old is he? What, what is he? Twenty. Twenty, I think. Twenty-one. 21. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Cool. 
Oh, man. That might be the first sign. Tim Sheen's been involved in the Australian schoolboys for a while now. That might be him also starting to pull his... Pull it, you throw his weight around? Yep. Maybe I'm overreacting to this Newcastle situation. Maybe I'm overreacting, but to lose a, a junior, like, like a junior kangaroo and an Aussie schoolboy that's winning man of the match at fullback. I keep thinking I'm overreacting, and then I look at it again, and I'm like, I'm not sure if I am. Yeah, fuck. Fuck, so I mean, nice, mate, man. Everything we're talking about, that is without them having another injury all year. <clears throat> so true. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I'm sure Knights fans are listening to this going, bro, stop. Um, yeah, just a correction from Maddie. So he played Australian schoolboys, got man of the match, but then he played for the junior Kiwis, so obviously dual citizenship or, you know, however his eligibility works, um, after that. Not junior kangaroos. Okay. I mean, still, it doesn't matter. Kid can play. Yeah, the yeah. kid could, When you're getting mad, especially in, like, that schoolboy side, like, that's a fucking hard side to make. Um, and I'm and, assuming fullback. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you'd have to assume. If he's getting MOM, you'd have to assume he's playing fullback. Good Far enough to out. get full wing. Far out. I, I just can't express enough how... The, when you're in an NRL squad, if you get the Aussie schoolboy coming into your squad out of school, that's a massive get. Mm. And, and we, I, when I was part of the squads, you would see that. Be like, oh, fuck. You know, we've got, um, you know, for example, Darius, when he came into the squad or when we both came into the squad, uh, it was a big get to have Darius because he was an Aussie schoolboy fullback, I think. And there's, think about it. There's 16 clubs. And you landed for that, for that year... The Aussie schoolboy fullback. Yeah. He actually played centre. Centre? Yeah. So he's a fucking freak yeah, then. So he can play everything. He can now. play everything. Yeah. And he got man of the match from centre. Yeah. Jeez. Think about it. Okay, so there's 16 clubs, all recruiting. Like, they're all, you know, recruiting as any. And you get the Aussie schoolboy man of the match in your squad. That you, you, essentially, you're getting the best centre in the country or in the game you know, maybe it was a one-off game, but I, I doubt it. He made the Aussie schoolboys in the game. That, that's a massive get, uh, especially when they were a bit light on back then. Anyway, so, so apologies, not, uh, Knights fans, but it's just been, yeah, one revelation after the other. Now, uh, on to some Storm fans' heartbreak. Big Nelson Asofa Solomona has been leaked to Japanese rugby. The great Japanese rugby, uh, you know what's really cool about Japanese rugby? They name their teams the, the companies that they are. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like Sony yeah. 13 or something yeah. or like Panasonic. The Panasonic yeah. Hunters. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. It's crazy how different cultures just do things differently. Um, but you know, like if you're a sponsor and you're pumping money in, I'd want that shit. Yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so he's been linked to Japan. This is all, you know, vague. There's no real confirmation that it's going to happen. But he has been, uh, it's due to the fact that, you know, he has uh, hesitant, he's hesitant to take the uh, vaccine. Um, and in Melbourne, you, to be out of work, you have to have, uh, again, apologies if I'm wrong with this, you have to have taken the vaccine, I'm pretty sure. Um, it's also been linked to other super rugby clubs that aren't in Victoria. Um, but what do you think this does to Melbourne if they lose a guy like Nelson Asafa Solomon? I was running some numbers yesterday and NAS, I think it flies under the radar. Over the last five years, he's missed 16 games of football. Wow. Big boy like he that. He missed nine last year. So in the four years before that, he missed seven. I looked at Cameron Smith's numbers over those four years. Yep. He missed nine. 
Wow. So he played more games from 2017 to 2020. That included four final series, three grand finals, two premierships. He missed a grand total of seven games. Wow. Big boy like that, that's very rare. Mate, unbelievable. Yeah. I, I had people say, oh, yeah, but he's on the bench. It's like, fuck, he's running into a train crash every yeah, but, but 15 pe- seconds. People that you may not understand, it's not the game, it's the training. Yep. It's the training that's harder than the game. People love the game. It's fun. It's getting absolutely oost at training. Uh, that is that that is incredible for such a big fella. I, I honestly think this is a huge loss for the Melbourne Storm because when he was injured for those nine games, and that was last year, wasn't yeah. it? They were really struggling to bend the line, and he was when he came back. All of a sudden, he was skittling players on the edges, and without the the impact that the impact that him and Cheese brought off the bench in 2020, and Tino uh, Asafa Solomona was almost the difference between them and the other teams they would come on the they would come off the bench tino cheese and nelson and absolutely skittle sides because um, we, we forget how dominant their finals run was when they actually came back from the break they were getting beaten and we were all going oh storm and done mm. and then they, they took them about 10 weeks got it all together and that's probably coincides with nas coming back to a degree um and so if they do lose nas like in today's modern game where skittling defenses is so important because then you get the quick play of the ball and then it just compounds. I think it's actually a massive loss. Massive. We spoke about with Newcastle how they'd obviously regret letting Connor Watson go now. Mm. I think letting this Aaron Penne go to the Warriors. Mm. I think he's going to have a huge breakout year for them. He was in the Melbourne system. Yep. Like the other side of this is that they've lost, well, they've potentially lost Tui Kamakamika as well. Mm-hmm. That's your two big bodies coming Ooh. off the bench. Yep. Um, I know that they, you know, that, that game against Penrith last year, they lost Brandon Smith. They lost Christian Wells. They, they lost two bodies. Like, you saw the impact that had on Absolutely. their game. Absolutely, yep. um, This is huge. And you look at the guys that they're going to replace them with, they're not those big bodies. They're not. But they're I, more... I will say they've got a young guy coming through. I, I think his name's Jackson. Uh, I can get his thing up here. They, they've got a young guy coming through, and he is a fucking gun. He was one of the most sought-after players coming out of uh, – and uh, out of schoolboys a couple of years ago. Is that Hallworth? Is Hallworth. That Hallworth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a fucking gun. Now, he's, not, he's nowhere near as big as Nelson, obviously, but he's a good player. Uh, he's a centre, though, isn't he? Well, he was playing 12 in, okay. um, in school. Now, maybe if I'm remembering it, I'm pretty sure that, that might have been Union, which is centre. Yeah. But he did, he's a big centre then because he's quite a big boy. Oh, I think he'll be a centre or a back, back rower. rower. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think he'll be one of those um, two. But, uh, I mean... But I'm talking about impact. Yeah, like, yeah, so, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They've also... Like, they've got Tepai Maroa. Yep. I think he could be anything as well, yep. especially under Craig Bellamy. He was really good at the years before he went Very to the Very good, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they've also got Josh King, who they signed from Newcastle, who, if he's playing Origin in two years, is anyone surprised? Yeah. Melbourne Storm. Just yep. Craig Bellamy just doing what Craig Bellamy does. Yeah. Um, there's a reason, you know, I, with all due respect to Josh King, I, I think I could have tripped over Josh King last year and not known who he was. Mm, but yeah. there's a reason why Craig Bellamy has gone out and targeted Josh King. So yep. I have no doubt that they will get something out of him as well. So it just means that they'll probably have to adapt how they go about uh, their, their footy a little bit. Missing that impact off the bench is just such a big hit. Yeah, yes. see, they, 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 they've got him written down as a centre. Scroll to the top. Centre. Okay, yeah. interesting. He's 193 he's, centimetres. He's big, big gear, yeah. 105 kilos, 19 years old. 
Yeah. Wow. I think oh. he was playing in the Brisbane competition up there, Union, schoolboys. Yeah. Okay. He, so that was the number 12 that I've yeah, seen. That, yeah, this is him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, they all hold him in high regard. 19 years old, 105 kilos, 193 centimetres. That's a big boy. Yeah. That's a big, what's that, 6'3? Six, 6'3, three? Six, three, 19. I mean, he'll end up 110. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I'm. Yeah, I'm bullish on. I'm really bullish on him. I was really impressed with, with when I watched his highlights. Um, I, I, the way I saw him play, and I could be totally wrong. And I mean, actually, you know what? I'm definitely wrong because if they put him as centre, they're right because it's Melbourne Storm. But I actually think laterally in the NRL, he's probably going to struggle a bit at centre. I, I could be wrong. You know, totally wrong. Uh, but I think his body is more suited for a back row. When I watched his highlights, it mirrored Angus Crichton to a T. That's a perfect when example. He was at Scott's. Totally. It was the exact same. Sort Absolutely. Of, um, and he's bigger than Crichton too, which yeah. is crazy. Unbelievable. Um, him at centre, I, I just don't know how he would go up against, say, a, uh, you know, I was going to say Tom Drewovich, but who's going to go? I just don't know how he would go laterally in the NRL because it's so explosive out there. Uh, Dane Geiger, for example, you know, he, he's insane that if there's any system for him to come oh, into, yeah, yeah, this totally. is it. Totally. Like, um, but yeah, I think this kid's got huge potential, mm. but for me, he doesn't fill that void of a Nass and a Tui. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a different kettle of fish. I mean, mate, if, if, if we don't see, if Nass goes, you've got to remember Brandon Smith's leaving at the end of next year. Totally. There's a lot of momentum the going way, out of that side. The way I see, the way I see him filling the void is... Kind of like Angus Crichton, you know, the, the Roosters don't really have big, you know, a big Nelson, the Skittles mm. defences, but they got an Angus Crichton on the edge. They get to a lot. That gets quick play. Like, they, it's just such a good ball runner that gets quick play balls. And the, the, that's why I was – when I, in my head when I thought he was a back rower, so he's a centre, so this is all bullshit now, but in my head when I thought he was a back rower and the, the way I had seen him run uh, – I, I always imagined that they would be doing a lot of two-pass shifts, hitting lines yeah. and then going again instead of just relying on Nelson to do it. But you're totally right. When it comes to the exact same game plan, he isn't a like-for-like. Like. And the hard thing is there are pretty much no like-for-likes when it comes to Nelson Asafa solomona in that middle. In the middle there isn't, yeah. They've really they played that much football as yep. well on top of that. It's, isn't it crazy blokes are born in 2002 now? Yeah, absolutely. He wasn't alive for the Olympics. That's crazy. Good sport too. Yeah, he's a good-looking rooster. Fucking hell, eh? How shit's life? You're out in the storm. You're 193 centimetres. You're 105 kilos. Shit life. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so Nelson, I think it's, it's, it's sad, man, the way it's happened. If it was just like a big contract, mm. uh, I would uh, obviously, you know, that would just just footy. But I just think that these, you know, and I'm not, we're not getting into it. We're not getting into it. I just think it's sad because yeah. he's, such a, he's been so good at the Storm. Are we worried about Melbourne? Now, I've been saying this for a bit now, um, and not the same as the, not the, same as the, oh, the world's fall, the sky's falling, they lost Cameron Smith, they lost Billy Sayer, Cooper Cronk. My, my concern is, is these off-field things that just seem to be piling up at the Storm. And don't get me wrong. Bellamy, one of the goats, he'll be able to turn it around. But it, it, this is new territory. They've never they've dealt with losing good players. We all know that it doesn't matter how good the player is, Bellamy will replace that. But this cultural shift and this generational shift, that's his biggest battle. It's, it's battling this newer generation that just don't have the same values. Not a, that, that doesn't make them worse people. They just don't value the same things. Now, don't get me wrong. Bellamy has been able to adapt over a long period of time but it does seem to be a much different club to what it was even 
12 months ago. And I wouldn't even say that it's creeping in. They seem to be getting in as much trouble as other teams. Yeah, now. totally. I mean, for the, la- the 10 years before the last 18 months, Jesse Bromwich got in trouble once. Yeah, and outside it was of a that, massive deal. Yeah, it's huge. It's massive. Outside of that, I can't, you know, outside of the, the salary cap or whatever, I can't really think of any other. Yeah. Well, salary cap is not really. Yeah, it's it, 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 different kettle of fish, yeah. yeah. But yeah. like outside of those two issues from the last 10 years, I can't really remember anything else. Yeah. It's and, and, and it's it's no like, oh, the Melbourne Storm, are, it's all over. Like, it's none of that rhetoric. But it's just, there is a new challenge at the Storm. I mean, like, they, they could really struggle and finish fourth. <laughs> Realistically. Yeah. Like, they, they could be a shit storm for, by Melbourne Storm standards and they finish fourth. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And it's going to be really league. interesting. Look, I think it, they're really um, fortunate to have guys like Pappenhusen. Mm. Guys like Munster that, that has... Obviously made his mistakes, but he see, it seems to be that he's really turned the corner. Like you can see his body shape, you can see the way he's talking. It's almost like it was the nail in the coffin of like there's no more stuff up to Munster. I, I don't. I, I honestly think the Storm, if Munster, let's say, stuffed up again, I think they'd struggle to keep him because at what point do you go, mate? This this is not the Storm way. I think with Munster. And people think this is outrageous, but there was a moment in Brad Fittler's career where he came back in the year 2000 and gave up the drink, Mm. got really focused on his rugby league and went to four grand finals in five years, Mm. you know, won that premiership, whatever. And I'm not saying Munster's going to do that, but the signs so far show me that if Munster's ever going to have that brain at a couple of years, it's going to be the next few years. Absolutely. And, you know, we can talk about... Blokes getting in trouble, blokes leaving, blokes this, that, the other. If Munster is the best player in the comp next year, it mm. doesn't fucking matter. Absolutely. No, you're totally right. When Watching what he did in Origin, and he wasn't even clearly not at his best. He was yeah. fucking off bend pretty much before it. I've very few times seen that. I've very few times in my life seen a bloke take the game of the highest quality against a team that's supposed to towel you up and absolutely put on a clinic doing things that, you know, even the flashiest of players wouldn't do. You know, it, it was incredible. So And he wasn't completing set plays. No, nah, no, nah, he was he just was all just himself. He was just off his head yeah. in state of origin, dominating. Yeah. That try where he, I think he kicked it three times oh, in eight seconds. Incredible. From one corner to the other. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's scary what Munster could do over the next mm. few years if he puts it together. I mean... We're talking about Melbourne maybe struggling. They've got the two best hookers in rugby league. They've yep. got a top three halfback. They've got a top three five eight. Top Probably five got a top fullback. three fullback, five yep. fullback. Yep. yep. Um, centers are damn handy. We've got young kids coming through that we're excited Xavier about. Xavier Coates is probably going to fucking Xavier Coates, go yeah. through the route. Could you imagine how good he's going to play? I think this year Remus Smith will play on the wing, which is where he probably should be. Mm. I think he also improves out of sight. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think the other thing too, you've got Brandon Smith leaving the end of next year. You've got Felice Cafusi leaving too. It's a tough. It's a it's a really it's a tough time. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> absolutely. It's a really tough time because not only you you battling uh, your salary cap, you're battling this new generation that just just sees things differently. Just sees things differently. Um, even me, like I, I, I see the like I used to see things way differently to the people, the kids that are coming through now. Like it, it was just a different time. So I think Storm. I, th- I think they'll handle it, yeah. but I just think that's their challenge: is this yeah. new culture. And a new kid that you need to speak to and, and manage and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, That's the reality. The game around the game has probably changed more than it ever has in the yeah, last 10 years, I reckon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, we are going to get into the squads. We're only going to do the first eight <laughs> today. Um, but don't, don't touch that dial. 
Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after this break. Look at the bar. Uh, no, not radio show. So. Anyway, I just fucking had an aneurysm. Uh, now, we're going to do the first date. So if, if, if you aren't going to say a team, still listen because we may refer to them, you know, players that have come or gone from there. Uh, but first, we are going to go. The great, the mighty Bulldogs. The Bulldogs basically have an average experience of 72 NRL games. Uh, they've recruited six players, if I'm reading that correctly. Their average age is 25. Their total experience is 432. Uh, so th- that's their recruitment. just in the second row. Oh, just in the second position row. Position by position. Yep. I was going to say. Matty okay. has gone unbelievable <clears throat> overs here for you. So oh. Brace yourselves. Fuck me dead. Sorry. I, I can't just, believe Matty has a girlfriend looking at this. Yeah. Just I can't believe Matty has a girlfriend, period. <laughs> um, okay, okay. So we've got their back row, their average experience is 72. Their props, average experience is 81 in our old games. Their hooker, average experience is 38. And we've, we've said for quite a while that that is a sore point for them. Obviously, Reed Marnie coming next year is a great buy. Their lock, average experience is 38 uh, in our old games, average age 25. The average age for their props, 26. Fullbacks, average experience is 65, average age 24. Wing, uh, Average experience is 49, average age is 24. Center, average experience is 25 games, average age 21. Halves, average experience 28, average age 21. Now, That's the standout, isn't it? Yes, yep. yes. In their two key positions, half and hooker, their average age is 21 yeah, and... 38. Uh, 24, yeah. Average 24. Age 24. <clears throat> Yeah. And their experience yeah. is, is low. So the average experience in the halves is 28 NRL games and the average experience in the hookers is 38 games. So when you look at that squad, we'll go to the positives first. It's young. Yep. It's a lot of room for growth. If you can keep this, this team together and, and grow it like the Penrith Panthers did, um, it, it could, you know, the next four or five years could be fruitful. The negative for it is, is that no matter who you recruit in the, you know, you've got the great recruitments in, you know, uh, Vaughan and Tavita Pangai Jr. Uh, you know, you have all these great recruitment, Ado Carr. If your halves and your hookers are super inexperienced and super young, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And if, I, not, if they don't yeah. play well. I think the number one thing that stands out for me is Matt Burton. Um, he's 29 years old. He's got 32 games. People talk about Matt Burton like he's played 150 first grade games, yep. you know. And he's a freak. I'm not denying that. He's played unbelievably well. But the reality is... He played centre in the best team in the competition, on mm-hmm. the best edge in rugby league, yep. that won a premiership. Shifting to the wooden spoon as playing 5'8 <coughs> is a very, very tough gig. Without a seven locked in. Yeah. Uh, we, even if he had a seven locked in, it's not Nathan Cleary. Yeah. So it becomes heaps more difficult. Yeah. Now he doesn't have a seven. He's well, his got, last half partner was Jerome Luai, the six for a fucking New South Wales. Yeah, a premiership winning 5'8. So, Origin series winning 5-8 And I mean his halfback seemingly is going to be Jake Avrillo I love Avrillo He's not a halfback for me Yeah uh, We've been over this before And, yeah. I, and I feel bad saying it Because I really fucking like Avrillo Oh he's, he's gone He's, he's absolutely yeah. for me In their starting 13 yep. I think he's one of the better Younger players in the NRL The problem though Now we, we didn't speak about this in news But basically a story came out That said Flanagan was like No chance He was in reserve grade And they'd been shopped to other clubs Phil Gould comes out and says this is absolutely not true and he still is just as likely as anyone else to play in that seven role. Now, 
Gus is obviously a master of the media. He may just be saying that to quell any constant speculation. But let's just take him on his word. I think that's great news. And I think that if you're Kyle Flanagan and you hear that, you go, thank God. You know, like, yeah. it, at least I'm going to get a fair crack. Now, again, we're just assuming that it's true. What are your thoughts on the Kyle Flanagan situation? Yeah, I mean, whoever that journo was, I don't think they've got themselves a scoop. I think they left it, looked at the team list from last year and assumed realistically. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean... As Gus said, there are four trials that have to go on this year. Mm. So much can happen. Um, I've said it before. Say what you will about Flano. He can play. Mm. He's shown that in a decent team, he can handle himself as a seven. He can play the role that probably a Burton needs. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I'm not ruling Flano out. I've said before he would be my halfback, and that's nothing against Jake Avarillo mm. once again. But, yeah, I, it, the age and everything is a serious worry for me. Yep. It's, it's, it is concerning. Uh, I mean, it's concerning, but you could also look at, you know, cup half full kind of stuff. We've got Gus Gould here now with a really young squad. Let's build something here. I mean, it's not a really young squad because I think its average age is probably 24, 25, which is, which is um, quite common. But what, I'm, what I mean is in the half area, if you, for example, you look at the Eels, I think two years ago they had on average the youngest halving pairing uh, sorry, the youngest spine in the NRL. I think they've improved each year. You've yep. seen them improve each year. It's, you know, obviously sucks they lost Reed Marnie. So the glass half full, you could say, look, yes, they're young, but Burton and Flanagan could grow in to, like, when I look at Flanagan, it, it baffles me to think, you, are you telling me that he couldn't be a top eight side halfback do you know what i mean Are you, is he, he was two years ago yeah like he, he couldn't be the halfback to get his side into the top eight like sh- he's good enough to i, I understand that so, uh, there's a few well, some bulldogs fans in comment sections will say he even went into reserve grade and he was struggling there and he did nothing and i understand that but a lot of some people go back to reserve grade and play they just struggle because it's a, a poor system people around him are different but, but mate that's the other thing he didn't go back to reserve grade there was no reserve grade last yeah. year. He didn't play. It's not like he went back and played a full season and still battled there. He a sat in a games. hotel room. Yeah, it's true. He played a few games in reserve. He played grade, a few games, yeah, yeah. but like he not long enough to say. Not that. long enough to say he was going like a busted in yeah. reserve grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I, I think he's been treated credibly. I do, what, what I don't get, and I've said this before, but if I'm Barrett and I'm looking at my squad for the next three to four years, and I'm already getting fucking pumped every week we're losing or, or whatever. And, and, and credit to Barrett for, you know, to, to be able to pull this team together the way he has and, and recruit that the way he has mm. is pretty incredible. But if I'm sitting there and I'm going, okay, what, what's the long game here? I'm going, I'm putting Flanagan in for the year no matter what because I'm preparing the team for Burton. That would, that's, in my mind, that's what I would have been doing. I would have been saying... And I would have probably said it to the board as well as a coach. Now, it's very easy for me to say this. It's not my job that's on the line. But I'd be probably saying to the board, guys, until we get Burton, we're probably not going to be close to top top light footy. So let's take 2021 as a preparation year for bringing him at Okar, Tavita Panga. Well, they obviously eventually got Tavita Panga Jr. Whereas I feel like they, it's almost a bit of a waste of a year. It was a waste of a year. Like yep. what did they build towards? What did they gain? Yep. You know, there was no, like, they haven't built towards a, a, a style of play or uh, pairings in specific posi- positions. Like, I just, you know, I honestly probably would have had Avril at, at fullback for most of the year. I, I don't mind him at fullback. Um, and so that's what's really surprising to me, that when you put Avril there, what, what, 
he must be seeing something that we're not seeing. Obviously, he's a much better player and he probably has a better eye than us. Mm. But when you watch Averillo play, did you really think that he would go well with Burton? Like, he's a ball, a really good ball runner. And the other thing I would argue is that they played Averillo at halfback. They could have played him at centre wing or fullback. Yeah. All the guys they played at centre wing or fullback last year aren't going to be in the team this year. Yeah. You could have played Averillo anywhere. Absolutely. And you could have spent the year trying to get Flanner ready. Yeah, I, I just I don't understand yep. the process. It doesn't doesn't make sense to me. And I I hope I really hope that people don't turn on Burton by halfway through next yeah, year. Yeah, it's gonna be t- like he's he's walking into a very tough situation. I, I actually think it's gonna sound really poor. I, I apologize, Doggies fans. I'm I'm happy for him that he's only signed. I think it's a two year deal. Mm. Or is, is it two or three? Two. Two. I think it's two. So I think a third's in his favour. Thirds, yeah, okay. So I, that, that's why. So that's why I'm happy for him because it's not a five-year deal where he's just like locked in, and you know he can kind of if if he gets there and he, and it struggles, and he he can kind of like much easier to manoeuvre out of that contract mm. and, and move on in life. Whereas if you have got a five-year deal, it's all guaranteed. Very hard to make the decision of I'm going to take a fucking three-year pay cut of a million dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, now I hope that doesn't happen because uh, Burton is something. Sp- Fucky something special. Fucky something special. Uh, but it is concerning. Now, when you look at the centres, what's interesting is they only have three centres in their uh, squad, like specialist centres, uh, and four wingers. But those four, none of those wingers, except for Braden Burns. So Braden Burns can play centre. So you probably yeah. so four centres in the top top. Th- okay, that, that that makes a bit more sense. But three, I was a bit worried because I'm like, you have one injury. Um, but just looking at these. These centers, I actually really like it. I think Aaron Shoup, for you know how the Bulldogs year went, he was a bit of a shining light for me. I reckon he's going to be the one we're talking about at the end of the year. Mm. Oh yeah, I, I said the other day that I think he'll play left center. That's yep. where I would play him. Uh, a lot of the Canterbury pages seem to think that uh, Naden's going to play on the left. Personally, I thought Naden was unreal whenever he played on the right edge. Mm. Uh, but I think Aaron Scoop, he could be anything. He's got so much potential. He's He's played six games of reserve grade. Wow. So out of, since coming out of SG ball, he's played six games at Reggie's and come straight into first grade and did what he did last yep. year. Dealt with the physicality um, really well. Really well. Surprising. Well. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, if he lands on the left edge, all of a sudden he's got Josh Adokari outside him. He's got Tavita inside him. Yep. He's got Burton inside him. He's got Dufty floating around. Like it could be on their day, fuck, they're going to be a handful. Yeah. Going to be a real tough team to play because you just don't know what you're you don't gonna know get. where you're going to get. Yeah. And, if, and, if you, and if you get the real deal, you're in some serious trouble. Um, another player, Paul Alamati, special yeah. kid. Yeah, this is the one that I like out of Canada. I think he's very like he's still playing SG ball this yeah. year. Yeah, um, but special, special kid. He might even have another year of SG ball up his sleeve too. So it'll be interesting to see how they use him. Um, I actually thought Canterbury had more outside backs on their roster. Well, they cleaned out quite a few. Yeah, but it felt like they were signing a new one every week yeah, absolutely. last year. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I look at their outside backs, I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I think, um, obviously, Adokar, I mean, you know, he speaks for himself. Braden Burns, really a lot of experience. If he can mm. stay injury-free, great player. Um, I think they're probably a little bit light at fullback in the sense that, you know, we don't know what Dufty's going to do. If mm. Dufty turns into the player that we know he can week in, week out, sweet. Um, You know, then you've got Corey Allen who went really well at the Rabbitohs. You know, I guess he was a victim of everyone struggling at the Bulldogs. But when you compare, you know, how will they compare to the top tier fullbacks? I would also argue, I think Avarillo and Burton are probably their two best fullbacks potentially. Mm, 
Sure. Uh, they're not going to be there. But, I mean, in saying that, like, I know people bag Dufty and he might not be at the Tedesco Travoyevich level, but fuck, when the Dragons were winning football games, mm. they were winning football games because of Matt Dufty. Mm. Um, I, I really like that they, they've got a, a lot of offloaders in their team as well. I think it really suits Dufty as well. Um, yeah, they're. I've got them penciled in probably around 9th, 10th, 11th. I think they just missed the eight. But, um, yeah, they're, I just can't believe how well they've recruited for how poorly they've gone. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely been impressive. incredible. It's been very impressive. Um, second row, solid. Uh, I think that, you know, it's it's interesting because would you play Tavita on the, in, the, in the back row? I probably would. Sounds like he'll be on the left edge. Yeah, so he's, we've put we've put him at prop here, but I'd probably play Tavita on the edge, uh, especially because you've already got Vaughan, Thompson, Hetherington, like that's a, a quality front row rotation. Yeah. What What do you do? Do, do you play Josh Jackson on an edge or at thirteen? Oh, definitely on an edge. Definitely on an what edge. What about when you get Raymond Fatala Mariner back? <sighs> it's true. Raymond was one of their better players in two thousand twenty. The, the, the problem with Josh Jackson at 13, I, I just think that, and don't get me wrong, he's, he's, a, he's almost a legend of Bulldogs. I know they haven't had the best success, but his high-quality games week in, week out are incredible. My only concern with the modern game is that inability. He can ball play, but nowhere near to the effect no, of a, yeah. a Cameron Murray, a Victor Radley, a Isaiah Yo. The new game, like the, the, the old game 2008 to 2020, he was a great 13 because he'd just get through a fuckload of work um, and, and offer high, high quality. My concern is, is that they don't – where's that ball playing – you know, they, they, Asiata got signed and then obviously uh, – I reckon that one could be a real stinger. Yeah, because he was the guy that I would have put fella. at 13. Yeah. I really thought that he could be the, the link man. When, when I look at this squad now, the guy I see for 13, and I know he won't be there, but um, Jackson to Pine, yeah. I think he would play that role Do you well. reckon he's a bit too small though? He's pretty small. Maybe, but... As in, like, relatively speaking. Yeah, but, I mean, when you compare to the rest of the size of the pack, I reckon you can give away a little bit as that's, your link, yeah, man. That's fair, that's fair. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not sure how... I, I think I like him more than Trent Barrett does because he doesn't seem to use him that much. Mm. Um, he uses him as a, a hooker, doesn't he, as a... Yeah, but he doesn't even use him that much. Like, he he, he, he was sort of in the similar boat to Kyle Funning last year. He didn't pick him a heap, so... Mm. But he's come in with huge wraps on him, so I think over the next few years he could be anything. I think Corey Waddell too. He came from Manly and probably yeah. haven't seen his absolute best, but he's a guy that I think could, could play a bit of 13. Yep. Um, yeah, and I mean also, you know, you, 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 you look at this experience in props, the average games is 81. It's because Luke Thompson's only played 25 games of NRL. NRL, but... But you yeah. throw in, I would assume it's 150. Yeah, I actually, I, I don't mind their, their front row prop. Yeah. I actually think it's quite good. Um, for where they're at on the table. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think when you look at this squad, that, that's why I'm so surprised that there wasn't plan Like last year, I, I, and maybe we didn't see it. Maybe there were internal things that were going on that, that plans that were getting, you know, targets mm. getting hit in that. But that's why I'm so surprised. When you look at this squad, you go, okay, it's not going to be a top, top six squad, probably not a top eight squad in the first year. And it definitely wasn't going to be that last year. So why not be honest with ourselves and say, let's begin preparing for the year when we are a top eight squad. That's what's surprising to me. And I think yep. that I, I think that Gus Gould's uh, intelligent enough to go, you know what? Because when you look at Panthers, for example, like I know that they got into, they were fourth when Hook got sacked and then, you know, but they were, they were basically an eight to 10 side before they went on their run. Yep. But that was, 
they were you could see the plans being put in place you could see that direction like, direction that they were heading in uh so hopefully this year with the doggies that's what's going to happen i, I got to give them huge rats for how they've recruited Absolutely in critical. saying all of this if avarillo kills it and we're completely wrong this team is going to be a serious handful oh i hope it i hope i'm yeah, up here i hope i'm terribly wrong once again yeah i hope i'm up here halfway through the year going yeah. Fuck me. Over our face. I was totally wrong about yeah. Avrillo and Trent Barrett, who was a fucking great fucking footy player, knows more about footy than me. Surprise, surprise. Um, yeah, I, I, I hope I, I truly hope I'm saying that. I truly hope I'm saying that. Now, on to the great Broncos, the ambush season. It's upon us. <laughs> we are here. I'm allowed to tell you guys now, over the last few years, I wasn't allowed to tell you that 2022 was the year of the ambush because, you know, we've got deep, you know, we had a lot of meetings, a lot of high-level meetings, huge NDAs signed. You know, these are million-dollar meetings I'm talking about here, boys. Million-dollar meetings. But I've finally been released from the NDA, and I can officially tell you that it's the year of the ambush. Fuck, you played your role well. Good God. <laughs> the year of the ambush is here. <laughs> now, in the second row, average experience is 28, which is, which is, which is very low. Average age is 22. Uh, props average experience 67 average age is 26 which is is quite surprising because mm. you wouldn't associate that with the broncos because they've been so young so lately hooker this is okay this has been bugging me ever since anthony seabold let go of andrew mcculloch <laughs> in a top squad you need more than one hooker i don't understand why the broncos i, I know that corey pakes is a utility is he in that? But he's probably not. So he's not. He's probably in the extended squad then because he's not on this Just list. Yeah, only there's no developments on this list. Yeah. There's they no let developments Andrew McCulloch then. go twice. Yeah. Once, twice. And that's what I couldn't understand. It's like, don't get me wrong, Turpin, good developing player coming through, but you need more than one hooker in your squad. Yep. I, don't, I don't get it. I do not understand. Remember when Alex Glenn was jumping in at nine for a little bit here and there? And it was just like, what, what are we doing? Yeah. And this is, this is when we talk about squad balance and how much one bad year of recruitment can just implode your whole squad. Um, so huge concern, the, the biggest concern for me for the Broncos is the fact that we only have one full-time hooker. I know Corey Pakes, but Corey Pakes when he was coming through was just a utility. Yeah. He's been trying to mold him into a hooker, which is great. Like the, I think they've got Matt Ballon there now, which is really, really good. But we, I, I really hope that we have another hooker in the, another two hookers in development um, then than just one. Anyway, uh, on to lock. Paddy Carrigan, Kobe Hetherington. But um, you, ha you have got Billy Walters too. Not a hooker though. Oh, he's played a fair whack of hooker over the last few years though. Do you reckon? Oh, fuck, I, I thought he looked better at hooker than really? five, mate, to be honest with you. Okay, but fair enough. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm a real fan of specialist, specialist hookers. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm, I'm a real fan of like, kind of like fullbacks now. You can't afford to have just a really fast fullback that's a good ball runner. Yep. You need a specialist fullback. I mean, yeah, have a look at Melbourne. Even when they had Cam Smith, they always had another three or four hookers yeah, floating so around. In, yeah. in, a, in a position that is, you grind so much and such a high, a high chance of injury. So it's, it's really surprising to me. Now, look at Newcastle when we take Braley out. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, in saying that, maybe they've got a couple of guys in the development side of things that... Uh, anyway, Locke. Paddy Carrigan, I don't think he's a lock. I think he's a front rower, but he can play lock. Uh, gets through a ton of work. Kobe Hetherington, I fuck, was such a fan of him last year. I thought he really glued the side together and he can ball play. 
Their average experience is 30 games, so quite young. Average age, 23. Fullback, uh, average experience, 67. Uh, average age is 24. Uh, the, the male is that Tessie knew will get that first crack. Um, I think long-term, you're probably going to have Selwyn Cobbo there. Uh, David Mead, obviously experienced, you know, really can come in and, and do a job. Outside backs, uh, players seven, which is, uh, yeah, that's okay. So you, you haven't gone wing, wing in, in centre. Okay, outside backs, player seven. Average experience, 79. Uh, and their average age is 26. Halves. So we're probably maybe halves heavy. Yeah, there's a lot of halves there. There is a heap of halves. But I, so, I'd rather have too many than not enough. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I like that Gamble, <clears throat> Walters, Kelly, Ma'am. Uh, mate, we haven't even got, uh, what's his name on there? Tamari Martin. Yes. So that's seven. That's seven. But that, that's where I would trade one of this for a special, another specialist hooker. Yeah, fair. You yep. know what I mean? I just think that we know Adam Reynolds is our guy. Um, obviously, if he gets injured, you know. The thing with, with Adam Reynolds is if he gets injured, we're fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like that's, that's just the truth. But that's the vast majority of teams. Yeah. They're halfback, their best player. So. Except for a lot of fucking roosters. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, so average experience is 55. Average age is 26. Uh, Ezra Mam, a lot of potential. A lot of potential. Seen anything. Uh, Billy Walters, uh, obviously Tyson Gamble, really liked the attitude that he brought last year. Albert Kelly, a little bit older, but he did a job. Uh, Got to be really interesting what the, the, the Broncos do who they partner with Reynolds because mm. it's not as simple as like, this is the best player, so put him with Reynolds. It, he has to complement the way Adam Reynolds plays. So I, you know what's crazy? You know, I could be totally wrong, but I actually think it's going to be Adam Reynolds that makes that decision. I actually think Kevy Walters is smart enough to know Adam Reynolds knows the, who's going to be the best surely player. Surely that makes the most sense, doesn't it? Yeah, surely. He's it's, been around the block enough to know what works for him, what works yeah. for his football. Mate, I really think that uh, Tamari Martin, if he manages to get himself back, I think people forget how good he was. 100%. Totally agree. You look back to 2017, he played in that final series. Mate, he absolutely brained it. Yeah. Absolutely. He, he scored a great individual try against the Chooks in the prelim. He scored the only try in the grand final. He's done an apprenticeship under <coughs> Mick Morgan and Thurston. Two of the best halves of this generation. I... And mate, uh, I know it's a small thing, but I see him at training how much he's smiling and enjoying himself. Yeah. I reckon it could be anything for Good tomorrow. Good Absolutely. It's a great pickup for the Broncos. You get him for absolute peanuts, probably on development role. And he's, if he's healthy, he would be desperate to get back to the top. If Gamble <laughs> isn't the six, you've got to have him somewhere, don't you? you got, I think you've got to have Gamble in the side as a, th- a 14. I, I think that you could bring him on. He could probably play a bit of hooker. He could probably fill in at lock. Yeah, that's right. Just the energy. Yeah. You know, I, I actually like him as a 13. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I haven't seen him play there, but I just think the way he he's plays. He's a footballer, though. You know yeah. he's going to be able to. Yeah. I, 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 I agree. Now, I, I just think there's this intangible that he brings to that squad yeah. that they really need as a young squad. Um, Whereas I look at an Albert Kelly, and I think <laughs> if he's not six, he's probably not in my team. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. If, if, if he's not the, the six that really complements Reynolds, great running game, a bit bigger body now, which is interesting because he started off as a, a bit of a small body, yeah, but he's a really... Very small body, yeah. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Albert, Albert Kelly, it's, it's kind of like you either use him as a six or that's it. I, yeah. Whereas a Tyson Gamble, I just think you need to find a way to get him into that 17 role, maybe put a few extra kilos on him to, so that he can play that 14 role. Yeah. The problem with a, gam- a guy like Gamble is like, because he doesn't set the world alight, it's a hard sell to go, you're the six for the whole year when you've got 
yeah. guys like even Albert Kelly. You've got Ezra Mam, who is you know you watch his highlights. He's explosive well, as fuck. He's got fourteen written on his forehead to yeah. me, Ezra Mam. I, I think he could be. He's very raw, very young. Yeah. But just have a look at those stats from Queensland Cup. Yeah. It was a try and a try assist every week, and Crazy. he's like yeah, very he's explosive, very explosive. Um. So look, I think we're in a a much better position. That I mean, there was a period there when you when you looked at the Broncos squad like. Um, 2020 in their halves, we were calling back Carmichael, uh, 2021 when he called him back, Carmichael Hunt. That's how, and that's no, not like, I honestly think Carmichael is one of the most underrated fullbacks to ever, ever. play the game. <laughs> Without a doubt. Ever play the game. Yeah. He kept Billy Slater out of the Queensland. I, I think Slater's career could be very different if Carmichael didn't leave. That's how good I think he is. Yeah. But, you know, to, to be that desperate that we need to call him back to play six when he'd barely played really much six at all in the NRL. Yeah. A little bit, but not much. That was the state it was still of, 12 years ago. Yeah, that was the state of our roster. Yeah. The state of our roster. We were calling guys back like... We, we couldn't fucking find a half of And I actually remember thinking this might actually be good for them. <laughs> like, you put it in a vortex and say we're bringing Carmichael back after he's played AFL Union yeah. for 12 years. Yeah. That's how bad we were. The, yeah, that's how bad you were going. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, fuck, this might actually help them. Yeah. Just scary. Yeah, that's how bad it was. So I think we're in a much better position than we were, and I think the Martin signing is just beautiful because he is an NRL elite-level half. Yeah, um, sure. Does he still have it? That's the question. Uh, so hopefully he does. Um, <clears throat> outside backs, I think we're building nicely here. Uh, we spoke about it before the podcast, but one of the, the Smokies that I'm a massive fan of is Jordan Pereira. Yeah, has been underutilised his entire career. I, 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 know he, I know he makes errors. I, I understand that. But there, there were periods there, 2018, 2019, fuck me, he was, he was running the ball like Toto. Like well, that's, and people laugh when you compare him to Toto, but he's got that sort of ability. Yeah, he has, absolutely. Yeah. Now... You know, he's not he, – Toto is, is probably the best winger in the comp right now, like yep. he's in form-wise, so don't get me wrong. But Jordan Pereira is a really, really good player. And then when you look at – you've got Jordan Pereira, Katoni Staggs, Herbie Farmworth, Selwyn Cobbo coming out of your end. That's, that's a dangerous – that's a dangerous, explosive outside back group. Um, I, I reckon there's a good chance Corey Oates misses out. Which is crazy. Yep. Crazy. But I, I, I think that our outside backs, like, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm pretty happy with it. Katoni's the man there, though. Yeah, you need him fit. If he's not fit, we'd, if, if he's not fit, we'll rely too heavily on Selwyn, and then you don't, want, you don't want him to be the guy already. You need him to slowly move into it. But, I mean, if you can get Selwyn and Katoni firing, that's top tier. I'm actually, like, I'm genuinely excited to watch Brisbane play. Yeah. And it hasn't been like that for a couple of yeah, years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Especially now you got that ambush coming our way. Could be yeah. anything. Well, look, it's official. Just so you know, it's, it's all official. NDAs have all been lifted, contracts signed, millions of dollars. The ambush is coming. You can either get on board or in 12 months' time, you can say, fuck me, Kempi. Uh, she listened to you. <laughs> now, interesting person. So Herbie Farmworth recently linked to Super League. Linked to somewhere. Yeah, linked to somewhere. That, yeah. Which is really interesting, the timing of it, because... You get Katoni Staggs in the big deal. Selwyn Cobbo has a breakout year. All of a sudden, managers start going, fuck, Herbie Farmworth's a quality player that's just dropped the pecking order a little. As in, 
He hasn't dropped the pecking order because he was one. I'm a huge fan of Herbie. Through all of our tough times, he fucking had. If Herbie was in a Sydney team Mm. the last few years, it'd be. He's he's a very talented player. Very talented. Like him. But if you're sitting there as a manager watching that and you go, "Fuck, Mm. Selwyn Cobbers comes through, looks like a once in a generation talent." Tony Staggs is unfucking believable. All of a sudden, money wise and position wise in that back line, you're not going to get a big contract. Yeah. Because they just can't afford it. It's an interesting one because he's a, we desperately need to keep him. We desperately need to keep him. What, what do you think the future holds for Herbie Farmworth? I think Wayne would be keeping a close eye on it yeah. too, just quietly. Yeah. Um, I, think, I, I think there's a lot of guys in this Brisbane side. I think the loser out of Albert Kelly and Tyson Gamble mm. and Tamare could end up at the Dolphins. Yeah. I think the loser in this back line, whether it's Oates, whether it's Farm, not, not, not loser, sorry, the guy that misses out yeah. or doesn't have a seat See, I think the I think stops. the real danger of losing Oates and him killing it at Redcliffe because Wayne... Yeah. He killed it under Wayne. Yeah, he, fly, he flew under Wayne. So, uh, I mean, Isako's already going there. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if there's more that do join. Um, yeah. I mean, if if Selwyn brains it this year and ends up at fullback by the end of the season, Tessie could become an option yeah, for him. Like that's true. And there were, Tessie was linked to the Titans as well. Yep. And I'm sure if they can find a way to get Reese Walsh back, they will in a heartbeat. Yep. So. Question. Do you think, so the Broncos have gone Tessie New York fullback and, and you know, he may be the fullback for the next 10 years. But do you think the Broncos are, and people don't, you know, Knights fans don't like when I talk about this, are putting together a bit of kitty to have a crack at Ponga? Potentially. Because, like, they haven't, they've got, obviously, Kate Will on the edge, they've got Reynolds. But they haven't got, um, they haven't really gone into market for a six to get to, to like, a, to pay a lot for a six, do you know what I mean, for, mm. to partner Reynolds. And I wonder whether that is because they're, putting together something for Kalen Ponga this year. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, you know, obviously having Kevin Walters in there, I, sh- I assume timing-wise he handed KP's first origin jersey. Mm. So be a relationship there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, like, like outside of Reynolds, but Reynolds is 31, two, three years left, yep. I guess. Like, they could be – KP might not be a bad shout. Because – you know, you've, he plays this year out or, you know, maybe he agrees for a one-year extension. You know what I mean? Because, like, Kalen's Kale, in such a position where he could say to the Knights, oh, I'm just going to do that one one year. He's got so many chips in his corner. Yeah, absolutely. It's not even funny. If I was the Broncos and I had the cash, I would either be preparing for a Munster raid in mm. 2023 or preparing for a Kalen Ponga raid in 2023 also. Imagine if it overlaps <coughs> where you get a season where you got Reynolds, Munster, Stags. Oh, Haas, like uh, that, that, that would be a danger. That, that, that'd be back to your old Broncos. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We'd, we, we may, the only difference. Selwyn in two years time. <laughs> the only difference would be that hard edge up front that we, yep. we've always had. Like that's an underrated thing of the Broncos of the past is we had a hard nose edge, Petro Sivanesiva, Brad Thorne. Mate, in two he, years, Hetherington, Carrigan. Well, I, there's guys there that have got potential. But he's still, Carrigan would only still be 25. Hass will be yeah. 22. Yeah. They just won't be that like 26, 7, 8, 9, mm. that real like mongrel adult kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I see your point though. But in saying that, there is no current NRL team that for me has what you guys had back that's then true. either. Good point. Good point. Good point. Um, but I do think that's an often underlooked thing of the Brisbane Broncos of yep. the past. Is, is our, like, we were seen as a glamorous club. But we have, it's almost like the Roosters of today. Mm. They're seen as a very glamorous club, but they're fucking dogs. Yeah. They're fucking dogs in that forward pack. And the Broncos were similar. Like, like 
Fucking Dane Carlaw, like David Brad Thorne. Stan, Brad Thorne. No one even talks about Brad yeah, Thorne. Yeah, Tony Carroll. Yeah, Tunza. You know, like, fuck, that, that's un, like, that was a dog forward pack. That, would, that, that forward pack could challenge the Australian forward pack. Yeah. In, if, if you went forward pack, any, any forward pack. Yeah. Um, even the eight in a row Queensland forward pack. I think that's the thing with the Broncos. You look since they started, it has just been a constant run of champion players that mm. have brought on the next generation. It's kind of like now there's a little gap yeah. and you're almost having to start from scratch. From, yeah, it's, you know it's what like, I mean? It's like starting from scratch, but also under, like there was a, what it might, this is what I, I think happened. It's, and this is just my opinion, but Broncos recruitment was run by Cyril Connell and he was a legend in the game. He was the guy that got all these, he, he, he scouted me and, and everything like that. Well, him and Ivan Hedjak. And so he was getting older and passed away. Then his kind of understudy was a guy named Paul Bunn. Mm. And so in 2008, guess where Paul Bunn went? Melbourne. Melbourne Storm. Shock me. Melbourne Storm. Guess, no, sorry, 2007, I think, actually. Same time Peter O'Sullivan went there yeah, too, wasn't I, it? I yeah. think it might have been 2007, actually. Yeah. yeah. So 2007 or 2008. Guess when, so, so Broncos, so Melbourne win their first premiership, 2007 or eight? Melbourne. Seven. No, seven they lost, eight they won. Yeah. No, 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 no six seven they, they lost, seven they yeah. won. Yeah, so, yeah, seven, yeah. so seven they won. So if he went into the first year that he arrived, let's say it's 2007, because I think, I think it was, that coincides with Paul Bunn going there. Ever since then, they have essentially been the Broncos yep. of this generation. Uh, and that's a very unknown fact about, like when you look at the Broncos, you say, how come, you know, and Wayne managed to hold it together, like because we had that base already built, you know, we were getting the best, like the Broncos got the best kids out of school. It was mm. almost a, a given, like you go live up in Brisbane at the Broncos, you know, it's a glamour club. And Wayne managed to hold that together. So we, first we lost Paul Bunn, then Wayne left in 2008. Uh, and that, and, and so that period of 2009 till 2015, it kind of gutted that bottom bit. It's like a jigsaw, like yeah. playing jigsaw. It kind of pulled that last bit out. And that's why we, we didn't see the ramifications until now because yeah. like, you know, 2000, 2009 to 15 is basically when that next generation, by the time 2020 rolls around, is gonna be ready yeah. to play. And I think that that period is why we we fell so far because we lost that kind of development. I mean, like we, we, we just spoke about this guy on the screen, Jack Hall. He's, you know, born in 2002. You know, he's 20 years old. He's seen Brisbane win one premiership. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, like, I grew up watching Brisbane win a premiership every second fucking year. Yep. It was a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, what's crazy as well is like, he is, one, he is literally one of the best players coming out of school. Guess who recruited him down to Melbourne? Yeah. But most likely, well, I mean, Paul yeah. Bunn is their guy. Guess where he's from, Mackay. You telling me Paul Bunn isn't getting him to the Broncos if he, you know, if we were still. It's, yeah, it's funny, like you look at that timing. Paul Bunn left and won premiership after premiership. Wayne left and went minor premiership, premiership at the yeah. Dragons. Yeah. Came back and you were two and a half seconds from winning another premiership with yeah. Wayne. Yeah. So that, that's what I, th I think has happened. But I think I think you know, Kevy Walters has identified that and Ben Iken and understand that. That's why a lot of these ex players now are back mentoring the, the boys um you know don't get me wrong it is good to be scientific it is good to be new and look towards the future but there's something about tradition and connecting yourself to the past 
that you need to do as a club. Otherwise, what are you playing for? Like, it's just a jersey. It's just a piece of material. The, the reason why, like, it's the reason why the Broncos has such a glamorous reputation is because of everything that happened before it from the men that made that badge what it was. If you disconnect young men from that, they're not playing for anything other than your paycheck. It's just a job. You need to be playing for something bigger than yourself. And, and they, that's what- like, they started from the absolute bottom. Yeah. Like my, 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 my uncle was a journo up in Brisbane and he told me a story once that Powers Brewing, mm. first major sponsor, yeah. when, oh, they, when they were signed on as major sponsor, they hadn't sold a beer yet. No way. And then, and and that's what the Broncos. You know, there's a famous conversation that he talks about where they said your beer better be bloody good, and he said your football team better be bloody good. Oh, and then far they both out. just went bang, oh, far yeah. out. So imagine yeah. you signing an NRL club before you sold your first beer. That's wild. It's crazy. That's it's unbelievable. That is fucking wild. Um, I, I'm really happy with where we're headed. I think there's. I think especially Ben Iken returning, mm. we saw a real difference. There's just there's something about that cultural manager. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, it's like it's like a nothing role. Like if you said like, is it a lawyer? Is it a doctor? Is it an analyst? Is it? But again, it's, it it reflects back on that the idea that I was talking about when it comes to what it means to be a Bronco or a Storm player. Culture is this vague term that means nothing, but it also fucking means everything. And I think it was really important getting Iken in. To go to so Walters could go. I'm just the coach. You give me the fucking players because the problem in uh, NFL teams do this a lot. When you have give the coach too much power, they 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 begin recruiting to keep their job. Yep. So you're recruiting just to get to the next year, just to get to the next year. When you take recruitment out of the coach's hands, your and your sole goal is developing for the future, then your decisions are not being biased or being, uh, I guess, muddied by the desperation to keep your job. And so you, you can't have a coach doing all the recruiting because he's going to be constantly biased by his own need to keep his contract. Whereas if you bring a culture guy in, his bias is purely long-term. Mm. Um, and I think that Ben Iken is showing that. As a Broncos man yourself, if Michael Morgan doesn't flick that pass out and you lose that grand final, where are you? Like, I, I often think about it like Milford would be a Clive Churchill medalist. He'd be a premiership winner. He'd still be one of the best players in the game, I reckon. Like, like Ben Hunt wouldn't be at the Dragons. Ben Hunt would probably be the Kangaroos halfback by now, I would argue. And people laugh at that, but if they win that premiership... Oh, people don't rem- people forget people how, don't remember how good Ben Hunt like, was. Yeah, go watch 2015... <clears throat> Uh, he was fucking They're not incredible. a top four team without Ben Hunt. I would yeah. argue they potentially missed the finals without Ben Hunt that yep. year, but yep. it, no one remembers it. Yeah, he was incredible. But the, the abuse he caught for that drop ball, when in reality, the guys missing the tackles before and the guys that, you know, turning in and that flick pass, everything, like a lot of people in that team made huge <laughs> errors. It wasn't just one error in that last grand final. It was multiple errors by multiple players in a 10-minute period. We had that game won. We, I felt like we dominated most of that game. Uh, and it was a 10-minute period of switching off that killed us. And now it's just changed everything. It's, it's, it's truly changed everything. Ben Hunt came fifth in the Dallium that year and he was the only Bronco in the top 10. Yep. Wow. I tell you what, it shows you how good Wayne Bennett is though, where you only have one person in the top 10 and you took the grand final to a fucking... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
That's Mate, true. Anthony Milford was a top 10 player in rugby. League. I honestly, like, I'm going to say something crazy, bro. <laughs> I honestly thought he was going to be like an immortal. Immortal, yeah, I know, yeah. That's how good he was playing, though. Did you not think the, the same thing? The first time I ever, my, one of my best mates made his debut for the Tigers years ago, and it was yeah. down in Canberra, so we drove down, and he was playing, and, you know, I was stoked for him and watching him, but I was just watching this kid on the other team. It was like he was playing touch football, and I said to my mate after, I go, is that that Milford kid? He goes, mate... We couldn't fucking touch him. Mate. We couldn't like if when the, every time they had a scrum, we just went, Christ. Yeah. What on earth are we gonna do here? Oh, like, right. you go back and watch those old Raiders highlights on him. It's unbelievable. And and then you watch 2015. He was learning a new position. Yeah. And he was still a top 10 player in the game. He, he was just he was unstoppable because he had the ball skills, but he was so strong and low yeah. center of gravity. I, I, I truly – I was like, if this kid keeps on this trajectory, he's going to be – like, he was unstoppable. It is – it's so uh, – it's such a missed opportunity the way his career ended up, you know. It's like, unbelievable how it's played out. Yeah. But I feel sorry for him, man. He got it, – it, it's that one-team town. That, you know, one thing I will say that I do feel sorry for the boys, it's a double-edged sword. You know, <laughs> they get all the, the benefits of everything – that the people that come before them built. So they get the benefits of Lockie's incredible Webkey. Uh, you know, they, they built this incredible club. But the negative that comes with that is they also got the pressure. And, and so I, it's when you've got young men that ha- can have a tendency to become entitled because you, you, you're at the Broncos, you're the fucking man, and you know, everyone loves the Broncos, you're the biggest fan base, your, your club's making millions each year. It's a very hard balance between letting those young men know, yes, you have these entitlements, but boy, you've got to understand the pressure that's going to come with that. And I think a lot of those boys coming through, when the pressure really hit, it was almost too much, understandably so, because they got pizzled. Mate, I would argue, like I just said to you, if you would have won that grand final, what would it mean? I reckon Brisbane are in a better spot right now if you would have come sixth that year and you would have gone out in week one of finals. Yeah, I agree. You would have been better than losing a grand final in the most unbelievable circumstances ever and then completely screwing your halves over for the next three years Mm. off the back of pressure and criticism. Yeah, because they got absolutely (laughs) annihilated. I I still think Milford was the best player on the field that night. I really do. I, I, I have no doubt about it. I agree. I agree. Uh, I think Jack Reed was probably second. He brained it in that game as yeah. well. No one talks about it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. To talk about sliding doors moment. Far out. The, 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 I feel like that grand final, above all grand finals, the fallout from it. Yeah. It, it like, yeah, fuck. The more you think about it, the deeper it goes. Yeah, absolutely. And we haven't even spoken about Wayne Bennett. If they win that here, I think he's still a Brisbane. Yeah, absolutely. Because then, then there's no longer the argument from the higher-ups of like, we haven't won a premiership in 15 years. It's like, yep. mate, one fucking four years ago. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, look. Ambush coming. Ambush is coming, guys. Um, I apologise. You may as well not watch the footy this year because your team's going to get pumped by 50 by the Broncos. Um, Stranger things have happened. (laughs) (laughs) Selling me with confidence. Um, But, yeah, Payne Haas, he is uh, a demigod and he is the future. Now, Sharks. These actually... All jokes aside, when we talk about ambushes, yeah, an ambush could be fucking on here. And maybe not 2022, could be 2023. So, back row, we've got average experience, 91, but average age is 25. That is fucking fantastic. Prop, average experience, 108, average age, 28. I actually really like that. I want my props old, hard-edged fucking dogs in the middle there. 
um, hooker. And, and I think like when I look at that, this is what I think Brisbane lack. They don't have a Fafita and a Tolman who have played 500 games. Absolutely, combined, totally agree. That are bringing through Rudolph, Royce Hunt, Pele, these sort of yep. guys. So I will, I will say, and, and I, I agree with your point. I will say though, when Corey Parker got brought back in mm. as a uh, uh, so so when they started the year 2020, Corey Parker were and they were killing it. Uh, Corey Parker was at the club, and then when everything went into lockdown, he he got. I'm pretty sure he got let go. Anyway, he's been brought back to the club, I'm pretty sure. Maybe that would have been 2021. Anyway, he's been brought back to the club, and I really had noticed a difference with the forward pack yep. and the way they played. But you, you are right. The, the hard-edged guys that are leading those younger fellas, they, they really, the, it's really good the Sharks have that. Um, really, really good. But what, what is interesting, and I, I won't keep talking about the Broncos, but Jaden Beryl played in the Q Cup. Really, really good young reserve grader. Back-to-back grand finals. If you're the Broncos, why aren't you signing him? You have one hooker. It makes no sense. Hey, there's, a, there's another 10 hookers playing rugby league in the world right now that they should probably have in their squad. But this kid is the standout. I thought he was in a side that was dominated by Selwyn Cobbo. Yeah. Whenever I watched him, I thought this kid was so impressive. It's an interesting signing. I, I don't... Yeah. Because, you, like, you've also got guys in the halves that I don't think, like, you've got guys in the halves that could probably play hooker as well, like Connor Tracy or Braden Trindle. Uh, but it's good to have another out-and-out hooker. I mean, could, can he put pressure on Braley, do you think? I think so. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Don't get me wrong. I think Blake, but Blake Braley's hooking service out of, uh, out of hooker is some of the best in the comp. He's mm. got such a smooth... But I absolutely believe it. I, I don't think Blake Braley has cemented himself so much that if he has a bad first 10 games, they wouldn't consider putting Beryl in. He's an interesting one, Braley, because he came through the juniors as this running nine. That was mm. just, and we haven't really seen that. So as you said, his service is good. He's solid. But I think he's got a lot more upside in him. So he's one that I'm really keen to watch this year. Because oh, I, I hope bringing this kid in makes him sort of go, fuck. Yeah. There's, there's someone else here coming well, for me. I hope Fitzgibbon sits him down and says, uh, that when I watch Blake, I go, service incredible, gets through his work. But there just doesn't seem to be that confidence of, I'm taking the ball now. Like, mm. I'm taking a run. Or I'm getting to this point or I'm getting to that point. Um, I, I hope Fitzgibbon sits him down and says, mate, in today's game, your hooker needs to basically be the guy saying, this is where we're fucking yeah. going. Unless you've got a seven like a Reynolds or a Cleary or whatever. And, and they don't have that. Um, and so I, I hope that Braley gets the confidence to do that. Because, and, and to be really clear, this is not to say Braley has played poorly. I think he's been really solid. Mm. He's still only 23 years old. But I agree with you. I think he's got so much more in him that we haven't seen yet. Yeah. And I mean, I, I would have said the exact same thing about Jaden two years ago. Yeah, true. Um, and I think the thing with Blake as well, as you said, he doesn't have that moment where he just, he just darts and he goes. And he's got so many guys. If I was Fitzgibbon, I'd be saying, mate, every time after Sifatalakai runs, yeah. look up. Look up every time after Royce Hunt runs. Look up because they've got a couple. You know, Fafita's obviously aging, yep. but they've got Royce Hunt. I think that Toby Rudolph falls in that same category. Yep. Sifa's probably the main one for me though. Mm. As soon as as soon as Sifa takes a hit up, like, he only played a few games last year. He's got himself in trouble over the last few years. But it was a game that I watched last year, and I watched Sifa, and they they scored five tries in the game. Three of them was after his hit up. Yeah, he's just that sort. He just sucks guys in. And he gets those post contacts. Yeah, they're an interesting side, the Sharkies. I like what I see, man. I really do. And like, can you imagine that that forward pack with under the tutelage of a guy like Craig Fitzgibbon? Yeah. And the one thing with the Sharks over the last few years, their defence. 
it's their defence that has really struggled. They manage to score points. They've never been a really a side, at, well, at least the last few years, they can score points. Yeah. Uh, whereas Craig Fitzgibbon actually is the New South Wales defensive coach mm. and, obviously, and also obviously the – he's a Roosters assistant, but I think he leans heavily into the defence side defense, of things. Yeah. So, like, when you're looking at what do they need, it's like, you know, let's say we're talking in NFL terms, like you've got your offensive and defensive coach. Let's say you had the best or a good offence – and Craig Fitzgibbon was coming into that defense, it'd be perfect. Yeah. So could be a really good – I really like what I see. If Wade Graham is healthy as well, we forget this guy came on 2019 or 2020, Origin, and basically won them that game out over in uh, Adel- uh, Adelaide. Yep, Perth. 5-8. Um, pissing rain. Yeah. Pissing rain and just took us to school. Wade Graham, if he's fit, is going to make a massive difference. The, the ability to – if you're a half, the ability to threaten the defence with we will go two pass and our back rower will be able to kick well. Off his left. Off his left. It is so annoying as a winger and a, and a fullback because you have to fucking constantly worry about are they going through the hands? Is he going to give it to Wade Graham? He's going to punch a hole. Is he going to do a grubber? It just adds this whole extra dimension. So, yeah, I think uh, Wade Graham is a Britain core, I think, had a quiet year, but he's got a lot of talent. Yeah, the other one I really like is Tyg Wilton. He hasn't played a heap of first yep. grade. He's played about 20 first grade games. He looks really good. I, I come back to him again. If they can get the best out of Sifatalakai, I don't know if you use him as a middle or an edge guy, but his potential is massive. The, oh, I really like the forward pack. I love Toby Rudolph. Mate, Aiden Tolman, he's, he's going to knock up 300 first grade games. Fuck. King nut trucker. Mate. Absolute weapon. Mate, talk about a grafter and yep. just getting in the fucking trenches. He lives his life in the trenches. Honestly, maybe he was born in a trench. Like, I, I can't think of a single highlight from his If career. he could play in a trench coat, he'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I also can't think of a moment where Tolman's disappointed me at any Yeah, point. it's true. It's true. Uh, what's interesting, so we put Dale Finucane at lock. I don't think he'll play lock. I think he'll play in the front row. Yep. So when you look at their front row, you've got, you're probably going to start, what do you reckon? You reckon you start so, uh, Braden? So, well, uh, are we assuming Cam McInnes playing third eye? I think so. Yep. I think okay. so. So then you would go... I'd probably start with Rudolph up yep. there. I'd probably go Rudolph and Finucane, I think. Bring Do you Hamlin. reckon Braden has that size, though, to just take that first impact, that first 20? Toby's quite mobile for a big boy. Interesting, though. It's a good problem to have. It's a great problem to yeah. have, yeah. yeah. I, I also think um, Royce Hunt is going to have a big season. Yeah, he's a big boy. Franklin Pelly as well. He's a young fella coming through. Isn't he a fucking Well, he's beast? the one that they had to ask, can you stop going to the gym last year? Because apparently fucking he got too hell. big. Wow. It's an issue I've never fucking... What, what I like about their forward pack, though, it's got a lot of fucking bungle yep. about it. Um, I think definitely can. With a sprinkling of a heap of experience. Yeah. Between Fafita, Tolman, Finucane. Now, you're looking at, at 600, 700 games there. Yeah. It's crazy. It's uh, crazy. And then Cam McInnes, who's... You know, that's what I love about this forward pack, is that you've got Finucane, McInnes, Wade Graham. All three have been first-choice captains in the NRL in the last two years. Yeah, different clubs. Like, that's a massive... As much as I worry about the halfback role... You've got so much experience in this side that I think they can, at, at worst, defend themselves to a top eight finish. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. Uh, big concern, a uh, bit of a concern anyway, for me is very, very light in the backs. Mm. Will Kennedy, Sione Katoa, Ronaldo Mulatalo. Uh, unless there's another page. There's, oh, there's fuck me. On the other I was side. like, what the fuck? That doesn't even... Um, okay. 
And, and you know what? Even though there, there's four and there's two there, I would also argue, like, Connor Trace is in the halves. He's going to play centre. I, I, I'll be shocked if Lockie Miller plays in the halves. I think he'll be a centre or a winger coming from Rugby Union. Um, I, I, I still, you know what? I, I don't take that back. I still, they're pretty light. Mm. You've got Jesse Ramian, who is a top-class centre. But outside of that, you've got Mulatalo, who's fantastic. But then, you know, you, you get one injury to the fullback. You're probably going to have to put Mulatalo back there. And or all of Hines. Or Hines. But then, then your halves that yeah. get hit. Yeah. I, 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 if they can, and I know it's unlikely. I <clears> love <throat> him, though. If they can get Moylan to fit and oh, play man. his best footy, this all changes. Absolutely. This, this whole narrative is flipped on its head. Mm. Yeah. I, I, but I'm not confident that we're going to see the best. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been quite a few years I've now. been calling it for about six years. Yeah. It hasn't paid dividends yet. Yeah, look... I think they're a little bit light in the outside backs. Like when you compare that to even the Broncos, when you've got like a Stags, a Selwyn, um, you know, Herbie. But at the same time, you compare their forward pack to most other clubs. Yes, absolutely. And they're, they're, they're all over them. So I guess it's a bit of give and take. Give and take. If, if they can keep, like if you can keep Will Kennedy, if they get no injuries, long-term injuries, uh, and you go, if you've got Will Kennedy, Katoa, Mulatalo, Rami and Ikevalu, mm. that's good. That's, if you can keep that. Yeah. That's pretty good. Mate, I also I thought Connor Tracy was unreal. Last oh yeah, year I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, so, like, totally right. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm probably not as worried about it as you. <clears throat> it is weaker than other sides. There's no doubt about it. But it's a salary cap. You got to give and take somewhere. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay, so yeah, Connor Tracy, you're right. Connor Tracy probably will play centre. He was one of their best players outside of Will Kennedy. Uh, Will Kennedy. Yeah. Um, they are forward heavy, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. You know, backs can be like Mulatalo, he's a queen, like he didn't end up playing. He's a fucking good back. Will Kennedy was, you know, fantastic last year. I think as well, too, you look at their back row, there's a couple of guys there that you could throw in at centre and that they're okay. Sipitalakai, yeah. Nakora. I, I think Ty Wilton could handle himself there as well. Yep. So yep. I, I actually think all round, as much as their backs aren't as good as their forwards, I think they've got a really reasonably well balanced squad. For where they are in the comp. Yeah. And, and, you know, you see some, like, like, for example, Newcastle finished higher than them last year. And you look at that and you're like, constantly like, fuck, I don't know. Whereas, like, I think this is probably a well, more well-rounded squad. But Considering it's, they won a comp five years ago, they've got two players left. They yeah. sacked a coach halfway through last year. Got one player done for, you know, on the juice. Yeah. Um, got rid of, you know, one of the best centres that's played in the last generation. Had a salary cap... Uh, Penalty for a period of time. Sean Johnson just left. Sean Johnson just left. Yeah, I mean, look, I think they've recruited so, so well. Nico Hines. Ikevalu is good as well on his day. Yeah, I like what I see at the Sharks. I like what I see. Now, <clears throat> on to the Raiders. Talk about, uh, I don't know, man. When you look at their squad, you go, fucking oh, that's a premiership nearly. Uh, but I don't know. What, what do you... What is your head at with the Raiders? If they finish fifth, I won't be surprised. If they finish sixteenth, uh, I won't be surprised. I, I don't know how. I've got no idea what to read into these guys. It's. I mean, you look at their second row. Their average games is eighty-eight games, and they're only twenty-six. And we've years got old. Harry Rushton, who has played zero games on this list. Look, so at, listen like, to this. Listen to this fucking second row: Adam Elliott, Joseph Tarpanet. Elliot Whitehead, Hudson Young, Corey Hutterweirinara. I would honestly argue that's one of the deepest back rows in the NRL period. I would argue that Hudson Young could quite easily be the best out of them over the next few years, and he's played the least amount of games. 
Fuck, that's a good back row. And he's played 50 first grade games. Like, uh, yeah, I. Wow, Tarpana has played 140 NRL games. That's, I mean, that's such a good back row, man. Adam Elliott is, he is a good player. Like, I know I he's had he's his issues. bounce back this year. Yeah, I think it's going to be a big bounce be back. He'll 13 and he'll do really well. Yeah, he'll be good. I, I like him at 13. I don't know why the Bulldogs didn't just keep him He's heaps better at 13. Yeah. I don't know why they tried to use him as a back row or front rower. He's, it was bizarre to me. Yeah. I was like, he can ball play. Every time he played at 13, they look like a better side. Heaps better. Yeah. Um, Hudson Young, he's, he's uh, form over the last 12, even 16 months, but definitely the last 12 months, he's probably been one of their best players. Yeah. He's Whitehead been destructive. Just, Whitehead does the right thing on every oh, yeah. single play. Oh, yeah. He is always in the right spot. He's yeah. running the right line. He does everything right on every single play. He's he's in the nicest way possible. He's like a poor man's weight, Graham, mm. just yeah, with a gets, little bit less upside. Well, you, you could even argue he, he could he could offer more value for money because he's not going to be yeah, on a sure. big yep. wicket. Um, what's interesting though is their prop. They've only got four actual props. Uh, average experience is eighty-eight, which is fantastic. Average age twenty-five, fantastic. Do you bring Hudson into the front row because? You know, you've got your back, you know, Elliot Whitehead's definitely one. Then you've got Adam Elliott probably at 13. Yeah. And then you could Corey Hutterwira on the other edge. I, th- I think Tapanay's going to be in the front row. Oh, you think, it, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so you've got Papale, Gula, <coughs> Sutton, Holla, Tapanay. And, and I mean, Adam Elliott will play 13, so he'll, he'll play as a middle for me. Um, Damn, it's, it's going to be tough. You know, do you put Tapanay on the bench and start young Papali'i? I would. Tough. You got Very Corey Horsburgh, who I put at lock as well, but he could also be a prop. Oh, We've Corey Horsburgh as well, don't we? Yeah. So who's there? We've got Horsburgh, Trey Mooney. Yeah. Well, Horsburgh, for me, is state of origin caliber. He's been injured yeah, the last few years. Yeah, I think, I think there was a period there where I thought I, I would have agreed with you. I just want to see him. had a couple him. of injuries, though. Yeah, I, yeah. I reckon he'll be okay. I want to see him bounce back. I want to see him bounce back for sure. Um, so, yeah, you're looking at this squad. and Look at the hookers. I mean, that's, that's probably... Hodgson was competing with Cameron Smith four years ago. Yep. Starling is one of the more suited modern hookers to the modern yep. game. Average age, 28. Damn. Tom Starling's 23. Surely that's wrong. No, he's pretty young. He's No, 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 but like, how is the average age 28? Oh. Should be like yeah. 24 or something. 20, uh, sorry, 25, 26. Anyway, whatever. Well, Hodgson's um, 33. Sorry? Hodgson's 33. Yeah, okay. Okay. What, so t- yeah, all right, minus five. Yeah, yeah 27 or so, yep. yeah. Um, yeah, look, hooking, great. Forward pack, fucking outstanding. Like, to me, this is an elite, this is a top four squad. Mate, you, you look, have a look at the wingers. Kotrick, Rapana, Savage. Fuck. We haven't even got to the centres, and I know they're stacked there. Crocker, um, Croker, Chris, Smith Shields, Tomoko. Like, there's a heap of young talent there. My biggest concern, and it all depends on Fogarty. Yeah. If Fogarty can come in and do his role and release Whiten, then we're looking at a very scary side. But, I don't know. Uh, I, th- this will be a really unpopular opinion, but I, I don't think there's as big a gap between Fogarty and Sam Williams as what people... You reckon? Fuck, everyone says to me, oh, we need Whiten because he, you know, we need Fogarty because he kicks the corners and he organises. Yeah. I, I, think Sam Williams, that's, I think Sam Williams does a really good job at that sort of yeah. stuff. I, I, I sort of thought last year it more so came down to Jack Whiten taking responsibility for Jack White and yeah, okay. stepping up. Oh, I, don't, don't get me wrong. If you say you can have Fogarty or Sam Williams, I'm taking Fogarty. Yeah. But I, the, p- people are acting like there's a like 
a mile difference between the mm. two. I'm, I'm not. I just. Remember, we got to the last year, last year with the Titans, and people were going, "Do we bring Fogarty back in?" Mm. But I just, I've watched Fogarty, and there's just been games where he's really set it alight, mm. and that's where his upside is. Yeah. Sam whereas yes. I look at a Sam Williams, and and don't get me wrong, good solid footy player, but there's never, I've never watched a game where I've been like, "Fuck, that was Sam Williams' game." Like mm. he he took that game and changed it. Yeah. But I, I I probably agree with you that there's not as much of a gap as as some would. Uh, suggest I still want Fogarty don't get yeah. me wrong mm. but I, I think everything that everyone tells me why Fogarty's going to be important is what Sam Williams already does already does yeah I, I, I think it's sort of more on Jack White and fuck he's played 200 first grade games Jack White wow yeah I see your point you know Sam Williams does enough where White should still be playing good footy yeah um, it's a big year for White huge year. it's a big Massive year. year wow if he has another year like this last season that goes by, you, you almost go from a... Mate, the Dallium and Clive is very quickly forgotten. Yeah, and, and almost you go from a, a player that could have potentially signed an 800 to 900k contract to, mate, we'll pay you 500. And it sounds, oh, fuck, who, who wouldn't want 500? But mm. that's a huge difference. But based on the year before, he should be in that like, and top also, 20 sort of. Yeah, he yeah. still gets selected for... Origin and and if he has another year though, Brad Fittler might just go, mate. Like I just can't. Pick I'm him. not sure if he's in at the moment. I'm not sure if he's in my. T- I, I can't pick him at centre. Mm. Fourteen. He's going to be competing with Pappy, mm. Radley, a heap of guys there. Yeah. It's it's a big year. Yeah. And, and when he was on, he was he's what I loved about White and he he kind of like an old school mm. six. He was he, there was a period there where like halves didn't really impact the game physically. Yep. And you know it wasn't too long, but. I feel like with Whiten, a bit like Freddie, like he was a very physical... Very Laurie Daly-like. Yes, yes, yeah. perfect, perfect example. Very physical and that physicality so many times in that 2020 season, 2020? That was when yeah. they went to finals, was it? No, the 2019 was the grand final, yeah. 19. That 2019, the amount of times that his just pure will to physically hit someone turned things around for the Raiders was yeah. incredible, so... I think he can bounce back. I think he can bounce back for sure. Uh, but it is going to be big, big year for him. Do you think there's an issue? If they lose Whiten, do you think it's big, big problems for the Raiders? I think so. And I think if they lose Whiten this year, all of a sudden you've got Sam Williams and Fogarty, and I think you've got the same footballer yeah. playing both positions all of a sudden. Um, yeah. But Have you heard much about Brad Schneider? No. I actually thought he was a hooker, but I could be completely wrong. I haven't heard much about him. Um, but, yeah, I, I think without knowing who Brad Schneider – like, I also think Matt Frawley can play. I wouldn't pick him over Fogarty, but um, they have got decent depth in the halves. But, yeah, if they lose White, he's the X factor. He's the guy they need. Yeah, they need, they need him playing. Now, there's been a lot of chat around Croker's position. What do you think? Club legend, done so much, been through the highs, the lows, been, aside from, you know, maybe his last, I guess, 12 months where he's struggled with injury and been one of the most consistent players you could find. Like, mm. yes, he's not Katoni Staggs, he's not Latrell Mitchell, or, but for a very long period of time, Jared Croker was an extremely consistent quality centre. What do you do there? 
It's like bagging your best mate, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because he's a oh, I've got so legend. much respect for what he's done. He's been a champion. He's played 291 first-grade games, and he's 31 years old. Yeah, crazy. He's been a champion player for a long time. But I will say this. If Sebastian Chris was playing the way Jared Croker has played the last two years, mm. Sebastian Chris isn't in first grade, mm. unfortunately. Yep. Um, hopefully, Jared, he has had a couple of injuries over the last few years, I believe. I think he's carried a few things. But he hasn't been the same footballer he has been. And I, I'm pretty confident Jared Croker would agree with that. Mm. Um, yeah. It's when you've got guys like Matt Timoko, uh, Timoko and Harley Smith-Shields who – Really fucking good young players. 21-21. A lot of very explosive, strong. Uh, then you've got guys like Savage that you're trying to get into the side. You've got to fit Kotrick and Rapana in somewhere. Kotrick, yeah, for somewhere. Oh, Fuck. Yeah. It's if, a I'm, tough call. if I'm going hard and fast, I don't think I have him in my round one team. As oh, hard as that yeah. is. Don't you, do you think that hurts your culture a bit, though? A guy like Croker yeah, isn't in your side. Potentially. It's a tough call. I know, I know, I know where you're coming from. Like it's it is, brutal. Like yeah. I, don't, I feel bad saying, and I hope I'm wrong. <clears throat> yeah. Like I once again, really hope I'm wrong, because you know I'd love to see him stamp into that 300 game club playing really good footy. But yeah, I don't know. And these young kids are so good too. Mm. They're so explosive, powerful, can impact a game. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, they they make some bad reads in defence, but that's all part of you know learning your, your craft. Yeah. It's just, it's probably the most interesting situations that the Raiders find themselves in. A, a club that kind of prides itself on its history and, you know, kind of kind of country values. Mm. And they've got a guy, a country player, a country bloke that has just been such a clubman for so many years. How do you, how do you have that If he was to hit the open market today, mm. I'm not sure how he'd go, to be honest yeah. with you. But I just think there's, there's a bit more to it than... Yeah, yeah, there's a culture side the of things culture, which you are 100% yeah. right. He is the Canberra Raiders. Yeah. He has been the Canberra Raiders for a very long time. Do you think they're having conversations with him like, think, like are you thinking about getting retiring? Or? Well, mate, it, uh, and I'm from the outside looking in, but the day I saw Kotrick sign, I straight away thought, fuck, that is not good for Jared Croker. Croker is contracted 2022, 2023, and he's got a player option for 2024. Fuck. Yeah, they'll be having conversations. They'll be putting so much pressure on the poor fella. That's and that this is this is where it really tests a club's culture yeah. and a club's what principles does this club stand for? Are they willing to hurt if he doesn't if he doesn't play well, um, or can they find a way like the Storm seem to do, where the Storm have such a good knack of knowing when a guy's a player time is up, it's time. yeah, and and knowing when to organise other deals for them. You know what I mean? Do something. It, this is such a, a tough situation. I also I, think with Jared Croker, though, that he's he comes across to me to be a very sem- sensible, level-headed guy. I, I reckon he can read the room at the moment. But reading the room and just getting rid of let's say, let's say this is his last year and his next two contracts are 500, 500. That's a million dollars that he's yeah, just going to walk away yeah. from. And, and, and also, he earned that contract. Like, it's not – he didn't – Yeah, that's fair. You know yep. what I mean? Like, he didn't sign himself mm. – he, he, he fucking worked his ass off, got that club to the position where it is today. Well, you know, they struggled last year, but they were competitive 2020, very close to winning a premiership 2019. He was the captain through that period. If you're going to, like, to walk away from a million dollars because you're not playing as well as you used to, it's almost... I understand from a fan's perspective, you're like, well, you're hurting our team, but it's also like, well... Uh, any of you guys going to call me after this and say, oh, do you need any help with any money? Or like he earned that contract. They gave it to him. 
that it's that's not on him. If you're angry at anyone, you should have been angry at the club because yeah, they, fair, yep. Like it, so, was he? You know, no one, no fan would go walk away from a million dollars just because they're not playing good footy. He'd be training just as hard. He'd be trying just as hard, but he just wouldn't be. You know, again, this is. I hope he does bounce back and fucking. I hate having it. this conversation. Yeah, I, I, it makes. I, I fucking it. hate it too because he's yeah. he's such a legend of a bloke. Yeah. Um, but I know the realities of footy, like because I've been through it too. You know, I've, yeah. I've been moved on from a club. I know I've had clubs come to me and because you know certain things have been agreed to that they're not they're not actually given me, then new people come in and they push me out of the club because they don't want to give me what was agreed to. I would rather see Jared Croker retire. I would hate to watch him play for Mounties or mm. whatever it is because he, he's too much of a good player to be back there. But I don't know, once again, hopefully he comes out this year, he brains it, yep. finds his best form again. Look, this, um, is, this is one of the situations where, and I know this is going to be, you know, some people might poke holes through this because it hasn't been fully thought out. But when you've got a one-club man that has just given his body for that club, Blood, sweat, and tears. Surely there's a, a kind of retirement plan that you could give to 10-year players or whatever. So, for example, he's got a million dollars. Let's say, let's, let's just assume that he doesn't find his form again. Mm. And they go, look, Croker, retire. That a million dollars, we'll give it to you over the next 10 years or whatever. Surely there's a way we could come up with situations where longer-term pl- clubs could get, players could get rewarded instead of, what always happens, how often have we seen a club legend towards the end of their career get completely fucking shafted mm. and that relation with the club just gets decimated because it's a fight over, they signed him for too long. Like, look what, it just happens all the time. Surely we can implement a system that rewards one club players. Yeah, as much as, you know, he might not be playing in two years, I'll be shocked if Jared Croker ever leaves that building. Mm. I think he will always have a place there to some degree. Um you know, you look at the champion centres they've had over the years and everything yeah. from Mal and all these sort of guys. Well, like, I, I would I, have Croker at the very I, – I couldn't probably have him in their best 13 ever, mm. but I, I think he'd be on my bench like, mm. for what he's achieved there and how long he's been there for. Um, I think you're underestimating the ruthlessness of clubs and how far they will go to make you leave your contract early so they don't have to pay you and their salary cap has an extra fucking $500,000 in it. Mm. Like, think about think – about you've, you've given your – fucking body to this club and they are basically saying to you like this is what this is uh, and i'm not saying this is going to happen with the croker situation but the usual scenario is this you have you know you're in you're you're in a guy like croker's you know spot the club is like fuck we we got no salary cap we've got young guys coming through they may go to croker and go we guarantee you you are not playing first grade ever again at this club unless you leave right now and so they put the player, the, the player in a position where he can either slave away and be just treated like shit in reserve grade, like to the point where he's doing all the promos. He's, he is just getting, you know, the coach doesn't speak to him anymore. That's the kind of lengths they will go to to pressure you into a situation where you're so mentally unhappy that you go, you know what? I don't want that money. I just want to be fucking out of here. And that's the concern I have. Like, how, look, look, look at what happened with Farah and Benji. Mm. You know, look what happened with some of the, the Broncos players like at the end of their career. You know, like, it happens every, all the time. I would argue, though, that, I, like, and once again, I say this as respectfully as I can, I thought Jared Croker played so poorly last year mm. that I couldn't believe he was picked mm. week in, week out, and they kept picking him. That's, that's the only thing that makes me doubt that they might treat him that way. Okay, fair that, enough. That, that's where I'm sitting on it, but you, this does happen all yeah. the time. So you're, Benji you're and Farrow of... were playing 10 times better when they were getting... 
absolutely blacked out like punted. that than what, than what for me Jared Croker is at the yeah. moment. I mean, you look at a guy, I know he's not a career player, but like Flanagan signs a, t- a, t- a three-year deal at the Roosters and they didn't want him and he was f- gone in 12 months yep. and it was just nothing he could do about it. Um, and, and it's a different scenario, but it's just that the clubs will go to that length to ob- preserve their salary cap. But you make a really good point. You make a really good point. Ricky Stewart is old school of the sense that if you're with me, I'm with you to the death. If you're against me, I'll fucking... Yeah, I'll finish you. I'll but, literally yeah. finish you. So you're right. Ricky could be, you know what? I'm willing to fall on my sword on this situation. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one, man. I, I, I hate... I, I, have, I pray... I pray to, I pray to Buddha. I pray to Buddha. To hey Buddha, guy. Buddha, if they, if you're fucking, if you're fair dinkum, get Croker back in the side having a dig, killing it. I want to see that head kid down the sideline, scoring match winners and goal kicking. I want to see the good Croker of 2019 taking his team to a grand final. So Buddha, if you're listening, please do that. He um, would be. Mate, how good would it be? Yeah. I, just to be because. Like, he, you know, you, you, you could argue very unlucky not to play some origin. Some people think yep. that he should have played origin. At his peak, one, which was like eight years. Mm. Yep, totally, totally. Um, I think another huge thing that people massively overlooked at the Raiders last year, Charles Nickel Klukster. He got injured, and ever since they lost him, they were a shell of themselves. He came back, and they actually put together some decent footy. He is so crucial to them. And when I start hearing whispers about him moving to centre, I want to fucking punch myself in the dick. I want to graze my nuts along broken glass on a minus five-degree day with sand on it. When I hear that shit, he is a fullback. He's a top-tier fullback, in my opinion. And the, in the grand final, 2019, before he got cramps, he was the best player on the field, in my opinion. Imagine going so hard that you have to cramp up with 20 minutes to go. And go he ran for like right. 277 metres yeah. or something in the grand final. Like, yeah. He was incredible. Yeah, I, I can't believe the centre chat. I think we spoke about this last time, but I just I, he's, he's the first choice fullback by country mile, and it's an absolute no-brainer for me. You've already got three centres that can't get into this team that I think are mad. But how weird is it that the yeah, centre chat strange. keeps coming up? It's got to come from somewhere. Yeah. I, fuck. And I mean, I like the look of Xavier Savage, but he's played two, three games of football, whatever it is. Chance has taken you to a grand final 18 months ago. You play heaps better when he's on the field. Yeah. And Xavier Savage still has a lot of development in his ball playing. He's yep. a ball runner right now, very fast, gets through a lot of work. But ball playing is arguably more important as a fullback these days. Like, yep. look, at, look at a guy like, you know, I know the end of his career wasn't, you know, the best. But Darius Boyd, was, that was all he did was yep. ball play. King of the three on two. King of the three on two. Run premierships, multiple. So I truly hope that, you know, uh, they stick with him at fullback. Interesting, Albert Hopawadi, uh, huge raps coming through. Do you know more about Albert Hopawadi? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Hopper's had huge raps for what feels like five years now. Mm. Just injury after injury. Um, I, I hope he does kick on, but I don't know. It always worries me when you hear these huge raps for X amount in years. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah, for a Hopawade to leave Manly. I I know others have, obviously, but, um, yeah, that's a bit of a red flag for me at the age he was at. And he he didn't leave for a huge money contract. Mm. He left for opportunity elsewhere. So, But, yeah, I've heard so many good things about him, but he just can't seem to stay on the field, the poor bastard. So, yeah, I I don't know. I'm not investing the same amount into him now as I was two or three years ago, thinking he's going to be... 
Nick Kotrick. The great Nick Kotrick. Went to the doggies. Didn't work out. Are we going to see origin-level Kotrick again? I hope so. Depends where he plays, I think. Mm. Do you play him at centre or on the wing? On the wing. He's a winger to me. I think he's okay. a great winger. Um, interesting. 23 years old, 107 NRL games. Mm. That's a lot of NRL for 23 years old. Yeah, it is. <coughs> oh, he's played for the kang- Kangaroos, I'm pretty sure. Did he? I think, no, nah, I think junior. The, the, that junior side, maybe? But, yeah, obviously origin. And he was, he was decent in origin. He did his job. I got a feeling he might have played Kang. Yeah, he did yeah, well he in did. origin. He played two games for Australia. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, before he went to Canterbury, yeah. Wow. Okay. So. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, when you think of the wingers that we have, like, that's a yeah. fair effort by Kotrick. Yeah, he's, he's done well, mate. He's, I think people have forgotten over the last 18 months how good he was. Oh, he's so. a gun. Absolutely. He debuted but at once like again, 18. I'm assuming that Rapana. I don't know. Do you, he sort of played a bit of left and right last year. If I've got Kotrick on left wing, I want to be very selective with who my left centre is. Mm, okay. Okay. <clears throat> so, look, forward pack, fantastic. Fantastic. Yep. I mean, you know what? Squad, fantastic. Yeah, squad. it's a good squad. It's sort of, it's, it's more off field stuff I'm worried about. Now, the Titans, the great. Gold Coast Titans. Uh, very strange position they find themselves in. I think they've definitely made a lot of progress. Mm. But not as much progress as they should have made, in my opinion. Now, when we look at their second row, uh, we have 78 experience NRL games, average age 24. Front row, average age 26. I don't mind that. Average experience, 102. I don't mind that. Hooker, Aaron Clark. Only one hooker in there. Oh, Booth is development, according yeah, to NRL.com. Booth well. Is Booth development? According to NRL.com, I'm I not sure. I think Booth will get that gig. Yeah. He will 100% get that He's gig. a good fucking footy player, Booth. Um, and Aaron Clark, I swear he was a, a uh, utility before. He's not a full-time hooker. They'll have to carry another hooker. Yeah, surely. Uh, Lock Tino for Asua Ma'alawi. I actually like him more in the front row. Yep. I'd put Isaac Liu in the, in the lock position. Um, one of my favourite breakout stars from last year that just did some shit that you couldn't believe, Jaden Campbell at fullback there. I think real smart that the Titans were proactive in just going, Campbell, you have that fullback role, Brimo, you are now our number six. I think it was much smarter than going into this season and going, oh, you're still up for grabs. Who's going to get that one role? Because Brimo played some fucking incredible footy. Mm. Can you remember him in origin? He was... Yeah, brained it. He killed it. Yeah. So let's, let's not forget, like, don't get me wrong, Campbell, I like at fullback with Rembrandt at six, but at the end of the day, one of them has performed in origin at the tippity top and killed it. Campbell has had, what, seven, seven solid good games, oh, so probably four good games and then three fucking incredible games. Um, so it, it would have been very easy for the Titans to be like, we'll still hedge our bets, but I actually like what they've done. What are your thoughts on that situation? So if we're running with a spine of Campbell, AJ, Sexton, and the hooker, I'd Clark. Booth. I'd say Booth. Okay, let's say Booth. With Clark, it's 104 games of experience. Yeah. With Booth, it'd be 75. Yeah, that, that was our – I think we spoke about this, the concern of the lack of experience and what blew our mind of getting rid of Fogarty when he was the only one with a lot of experience, not a lot of NRL experience, but a lot of footy at a high level – you know, Q Cup isn't that far away from, you know, NRL. Their fullback and halfback for round <laughs> one have played 11 first-grade games combined. Far out. Yeah. It's, it's, it's their biggest concern. 
I think their forward pack is looking really good. I think that them getting rid of Fogarty after they literally just re-signed him, absolutely bizarre to me. I honestly, if I was going on to this year and I was a coach, Fogarty would have started for me and I would have said to Sexton, I want to see more in Q Cup. Because mm. don't get me wrong, Sexton, um, Sexton played really well, like solidly when he came in, but so much so that I would be willing to get rid of my most experienced spine member. Probably not. And also, you know, what? so where's, how old is Sexton? I think that a lot of... Sexton's 20 years old. Yeah, young, What's though. another year or even six months going to hurt in Queensland Cup? I think an eighth place finish in the easiest year to make finals band-aided a lot of issues at yes, the Titans. true. Can you see them beating the Broncos next year? The Sharks? No, I, I honestly... what we just went through? I honestly can't. I, I, I look at that Broncos squad and I find it much more... Don't get me wrong, like, Brian Kelly and Patrick Herbert, so underrated, like, fuck me, they're good centres. Um, Philip Sam, Sammy also was great, fantastic a couple of years ago. Uh, Corey Thompson, so underrated, should have played Origin. Mm. Fuck me, he is a good player. But when I look at that <laughs> squad compared to, as you said, what we, what we were just talking about, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that I'm not as, I'm not as, I'm not as uh, optimistic as I was at the start of last year. The most experienced player in all of their spine positions is Will Smith. And he's, you know, he's in and he's out of He's played 75 grade. first grade games. <clears throat> I would guess 60 of them have been off the bench, mm. which is nothing against Will Smith. He's a good player, but he hasn't experience matters. Really. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Like, Just looking at this front row. I mean, I, I love their, their props. I think their props are great. I think Wallace was really good last year. Uh, Fodawaka came into his own, really developed. SASA, uh, he has a lot of potential. Um, well, is in he's played some really good footy, so hopefully you could find that again. Jolof, I thought he was pretty good too. I like him. Uh, especially towards the end of the year there, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, Sammy Gitlasone, big boy, big body. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree, I agree with you. Their biggest concern is their lack of experience uh, in the, the spine, but the glass half full kind of stuff is, is maybe they develop into mm. a real cohesive like, let's say they all gel. Like, let's say Toby Sexton comes out and kills it. Brimo, we know he can kill it. We know Jaden Campbell's going to be a star. And all of a sudden, you're looking at a young, hot spine that in 2025 or four, you know, 2024 is pushing top six. And, mate, like, I agree. I think Jaden Campbell will be a star. But we have seen guys like him before that haven't kicked on. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm, I mean, it's obviously all my opinion. I can see he is going to be a star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I'm confident on it too. But if we were doing this in 2005, we would have said the same about Tim Smith. Like it does happen. Yes, uh, yes, and no. Yeah, yes and no because Tim Smith is in such a crucial position of having to direct a team around that can go left so fucking quickly just because you're not mentally there. I think Campbell obviously is a fullback. It's not Mm. as important as a seven leading a team around. He's just so athletically gifted. As long as his head's right. He's going to play good footy. Okay. But I, I see what you're saying, though. Like, have, And, and I, I actually agree with you. I yep. think he will be. Yeah. But we have seen this True. before, and he is going to be coming into a spine that is very young. If they have one or two injuries in this pack, this team all of a sudden could be in serious just, trouble very quickly. He brained the storm twice. Yeah, twice. yeah, he saved his best games for the best teams, which is a great sign. Tom, Tom Travojevic couldn't do that. 
Like I'm not, and I'm not saying he's better than Tom yep, Devoit. Fair. I'm yep. just saying how fucking hard that is. I, I, I I'm, I'm, I feel. Uh, I think I've got a good eye for a, a physically gifted athlete, mm. and he, the way he moves is fucking unbelievable. And his eye for detail while he's running, the way his body turns, his hands, every like, yeah, I'm I'm really bullish on him. But I, I definitely take your point. They put up a, the Titans put up a thing the other day. It was like a thirty second reel of him just at training. It's yeah. just so natural. Oh. Just the way he holds the ball, the way he part, the way he just catch and pass. Yeah. It is just. Oh, I, I all the signs say he's going to yeah. be a superstar, but I, what I don't want is for them to struggle next year and everyone to fucking lose their heads at yeah. Sexton and Campbell. Yeah. If they are going all in on this team right now, they need to go all in for the next three years. Yeah, because uh, they've let Fogarty go. They've also let Mitch Rain go. That Mitch was Rain surprising wasn't a star, to me. but he was experienced. That was like with Mitch Rain. I always felt like he he delivered enough to be able to recruit around him and get yep. you know. I, I, that was really surprising to me, man. I so Mitch Rain's at Eels now, isn't he? Yep. I think he's going to go all right. Like, I, I maybe, yeah, that was surprising to me. I play much? Anyway, we'll talk about that when we get to <clears> the yep. but yeah. Um, interesting times at the Titans. What, what I do like, though, is we're seeing a plan. Mm. We're seeing a direction. Uh, whereas there was a few years where it was like a bit rudderless, a bit like, fuck, let's just do, just wing it. Whereas they've got a young, uh, relatively young superstars in Tino. So Tino's only 21. Yeah. But when when it gets chaotic, they've got to stick to this plan. Yes, agreed. That's the key to it. Absolutely. Because it can quite easily turn to a shit fight again. Absolutely. I think that they've got to identify key players that are going to be good cultural for the next 10 years. And then, uh, yeah, I totally agree. Don't go off. Don't, um, you know, if they go poorly this year, just blow the whole place up. Because they've got Fafita at 21 years old, Tino at 21 years old, Campbell is 21 years old, Brimo is only 23 there's a lot to like about those kind of players in those positions, both and, their centers and the young. guys around. As you said, the, the forward pack's great. I think the outside backs are sensational. You mentioned Thompson. I mean, you, you look at those four centers: Kelly Herbert, Sammy Masters, all criminally underrated in my opinion. I reckon this Greg Marshu is an absolute freak. How many he just needs to get more games of football. How many times know? do you reckon the commentators are going to say Greg Marsden does heaps of gym? <laughs> Honestly, I reckon his first game, every time he took a ball, he's got. He benches 200 kilos. He's a big boy. <laughs> it's like, bruh, they all do gym, bro. He's big and strong. Let's go. Um, <clears throat> yeah, going to be interesting. Going to be interesting. Uh, but I'm extremely excited for Campbell. I think he's going to have an incredible year. Now, it's interesting. Just before we move off then, you look at those Titans halves. They've obviously got Paul Turner from the Warriors, but you've got Sexton and Boyd. They were Australian schoolboys halfbacks two years in a row. Oh, okay. So there is, there is a lot of talent there. Mm. And, I mean, Hopefully they both do, but you only need one of them to kick on. Yeah. To, he's the other one. Tana Tana's Boyd, only 21. He's young, man. Yeah, he's young. That's crazy because I remember when he was coming through, he was like a superstar. He's the other guy that could play hooker in my opinion. <clears throat> yeah, I like him at hooker. Yeah. I actually I like him he's at hooker. He's got a very good running game. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tanner Boyd, because the Broncos lost Tanner to Titans and a lot of people were devastated because he was the next big thing. Tanner was – he had – he was playing halfback and he was on the right edge with David Fafita. Mm-hmm. At school, origin, schoolboys. That whole year he had Fafita outside in the entire season, so they were destructive as all hell. Halves. This is their halves. Average age, 21. Holy shit. Average experience is nine. Nine. Damn. Um, Now, on to Manly. Interesting. Very interesting. I think there was a period there last year where we were going, okay, Manly's a top four side, lock her in. She's good to go. 
uh, we're, we're about to see the, the manly of 2000 and, you know, what's uh, eight and 13 11, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, 11, sorry. Uh, a bit wor- Those last few games really worried me. It, it, not even just the finals games. There were a few, like even the Cowboys, the, the first half, they were struggling to put points on the Cowboys. Don't get me wrong. Manly, I love their squad. I'm just saying that that last few games really bit of, like just put a bit of bitterness on the year for me. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm convinced they'll be a top eight side, mm. but I'm not convinced they win a premiership mm. um, in saying that. But do you feel that there was a period there last year where we were going, this is a premiership threat? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, if Turbo shows up on the day, they beat mm. anyone. Yeah, it's crazy. They beat anyone. Like, it's it crazy. is just – it is phenomenal what he's able to do. He has not been able to do it in finals footy yet. That doesn't mean he can't do it in big games because he's killed it in origin without a position. So he's mm. capable of doing it. And it, for, for me, it's a waiting game until Tom is able to dominate in finals. Then everyone else is in some deep shit. Do you – is the time – is the clock ticking for DCE? Yes. Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, okay – if you don't think they're a premiership threat this year, DCE by 2023 will be... He's 32 now. Yeah, 34. I, I, I say for me right now, they're not a premiership threat. But if we get to finals week two and Turbo's branded in two games in a row, yep. Yep. all of a sudden I go, okay, we're on here. <clears throat> but I think he's won two from five finals games so far mm. this year. Uh, so far this in his career. Very interesting. Because, like, he clearly can play on the big games. He's 100%. absolutely tore Queensland apart constantly. Yep. So it's not, it's not really about that. Um, but I, I, see, I see your point. Look, I, I love their squad. I love their squad. Like, Olakawatu is a fucking problem. Schuster talent is unfucking believable Ben Travojevic, he's going to be good because he's known Travojevic. Andrew Davies solid too. Andrew Davey, like yeah. He came from Parramatta a few years ago. I, I, I thought, oh, he's going to absolutely brain it at Manly. He got an injury. And then I didn't say the name Andrew Davey for eight months because yep. these other two came along and absolutely killed it. And then we let Curtis Sirenen go and it hasn't even impacted them. Yep, totally agree. And they let Josh, uh, Joel Thompson as well go. Yep, Joel Thompson. Um, interesting. What's really interesting, Josh Alloyo, 26 years old. He's played 206 NRL games. And he was injured for heaps last year. And I, I really like Josh Alloway as a front yeah. row. I think he, when he's on and he gets games under his belt, he's, he's, he's up there. So one thing I really like about Manly, their pack, they're Oof. all different sizes. Yeah. All Sorry, different. that was a typo. It was 106 games. Oh, okay. Fuck, I was going to say, Jesus. It's impressive. Um, regardless, I like the different body shapes, and I'll be interested to hear what you think of him. Ethan Bullimore? Yeah, going to be really interesting. Athletically gifted as, apparently one of their fastest forwards. Reminds me of a young Matt Gillette, the way that he moves. He's bigger than him, though. He's bigger than him, but yeah. he's, like, I see he's what quick you over 10 metres, yeah. really nippy. And I like that. I, when you've got guys like Tapao, Paseca, who are just fridges with eyes, mm. all of a sudden you throw Bullimore in there, who's got his leg speed. Aloya is sort of a hybrid of all of them. Kepi, I love as well. Kepi had a, such a good year. And I think they, 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 they fucked around with him on the edge. I think he's a middle. Oh, he's 100% I think middle. Once, once they use him in the middle, it could be anything. So I re- this squad is unreal. Yeah. It's just about going to that next level at the right yep. time. Um, what are your thoughts on? Uh, so I think Sione Fainu, he, I, th- I think he signed one of the biggest contracts, like ever for a young guy. Yeah. Now the raps are huge on him. Um, thoughts? Uh, yeah, I saw him play a little bit of Harold Matz last year, and 
I saw him play Harold Matz and thought, my God, this kid is so good. He's a year young for Harold Matz. So he's mm. actually meant to be playing Harold Matz this year. They've pushed him into the SG ball. Yep. And I heard the other day there's a chance he's going to play flag. Okay. So what age group's flag? Uh, uh, under 20s. He's under meant 20s. to be playing under 7, 16s or 17s. Oh. He played Harold Matz last year, got the player of the competition, and he's young. This might be a t- typo then because you've got his age as 20 years old, Matt. Maybe oh, it's no, his well, younger no. brother. Uh, sorry, no, we're looking at... He, 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 he's a 5'8", the fellow I'm talking about. The other finer. Yeah, I, I think this might be a misprint somewhere. Actually, he, he, he's not even on there at the moment. He's not even roster. Wait, is, is, is Sienna Fino another player? Is that I think Sienna Fino might be another player, and he's actually his younger brother. That is... Right, okay, yeah. He, it's the youngest one I'm talking about. He's 16. He just signed that big deal. Yeah. Maybe it is him, because Manly actually... I don't know where I got that 20 from. They don't actually have his age. Let me look into it. Okay, ah, oh, Latu Fainu. Latu, Latu yes. Fainu. Yes. Um, so, Sioni may be a different guy, I guess. Um, apologies for that. If, 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 if it is, we apologise. Um, but anyway, Latu... Don't take back anything I said about him, though. Yeah, I was about to say. So, Latu Fainu, yeah. he's 16 now? Yes, yeah, 16 or 17. And they're thinking of putting him in under 20s? Yes. He's that fucking gather. good. He's that mate. He, the the Harold Matz he played last year was unbelievable, and he was a year young then. Wow. So. <clears throat> wow. Okay. Well, I mean, the, the good thing, the good thing at Manly is they they are actually bringing through some fucking really good. And players. if they get his older brother back at some point in the distant yeah. future, fuck, he was Manasi Fainu was such a good hooker. I, I think he would be a top five hooker right now yeah, if he agreed. continued playing. He was reminding me of a young Appy Corusier. Yes, very similar. Like and. He was so much so that they, they moved Appy Curacao They let on. him go. And then he won a premiership. That's the thing about Manly. They let Appy Curacao go because they had this other kid. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love Lachlan Croker. He has done so well. He's improved so He's improved much. out of sight. You know There's what? No doubt about I would it. argue he's one of the most improved players in the NRL because mm. he wasn't even a hooker when he started Yeah, that's year. fair. Yep. Um, yeah, look. Oh, Honestly, I love their I love their squad. I really do. I really do. <laughs> I like Harper. I like Parker. I like Walker at fourteen was a revelation. Yeah. Kieran Foran and DCE together uh, for another year is going to be good. Um, I, I the the concern is is the big games. It's it's the end of the year. It's the everything on the line. If if they can conquer that, I think they're a premiership. Oh, like that sounds so obvious. It sounds like well, of course, if they can win big games. But what I'm saying is, is like not even if it's not just that they lose the big games; they lost by a lot. Yeah. And so they need to they need to like for, let's say they go through the year and they they lose to Penrith 14-12 and Storm 14-12. I'd be happy with that. I'd be like, okay, they're they're meeting those big games and really taking it to the edge. But they didn't really do that. It's so weird, that, and I agree with you completely, but mm. it's so weird we're talking about them like that when they've got Foz, DCE, Turbo, and Jake. It's a strange yeah. little... And, they, and they've got a premier coach as well. Yeah, yeah totally. I'll totally. just clear up the Fainu thing. So we had it right. Um, Sione Fainu is 20. Latu Fainu is 16. Yep. And then there's actually another brother in between them, Samuela Fainu, who's 17. So wow. there's actually four of them. Wow. Can you imagine in six years' time... Half of this team is going to be Travoyevich's and Fainers. Yeah. Fucking hell. How good's that? So, yeah, apologies for mixing that up, guys. Um, yeah, I, look, I, I love this side. It, it, I, my, the, the most important match for me 
in the start of their season is their game against Penrith and their game against the Storm and the Roosters. That's that's the three teams that I want to see Manly go all right against. If they check that box early in the season, I think we could be in for something special. But that's the biggest concern for me. We know they can blow a team off the park. Yeah, We know that. Tom Tavoyevic will do it himself. Um, <clears throat> now, onto the Storm. How, how many teams have we done? Two to go. Jesus Christ. We've how long have we been on for? Uh, two hours, 20. Jesus Christ. Guru, you're just spinning shit, mate. <laughs> just haven't got a word in. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Melbourne Storm. Squad kills it. They're the great. They're going to win a premiership. Enough said. No. Nah. What are your thoughts on the Storm situation? Yeah, I think that, you know, we spoke about it earlier today. It's going to be an interesting season for them. Comes down to Munster for me. Yeah. Um, I still think Harry Grant's going to be the best hooker in rugby league over the next few years. I rate him so highly. So I, I can't, as I said before, Melbourne Storm, it could all go to shit. They could be half the team they were. They could have scandal after scandal and they'd probably finish fourth. So I'm not overly concerned about them. Um, I think they're a team, and I think this competition at the moment, there's three teams, Storm, Roosters, Penrith, that are just keeping their head above water till finals, then they're going to... Yep. They'll just be floating along until then, and then the competition starts for me. Thoughts on one Jerome Hughes. Kind of like the unspoken, one of the best players in the NRL. When you talk about who's the best three players in the NRL... Uh, sorry, who were the best three players of 2021? No, not many people would put Hughes there. But when you look at the year that he's had, he was unbelievable. Because we remember, Munster had a relatively quiet year this year. Yep. And they went on a record run. Who was the guy that did that? Yep. Jerome Hughes. He was on fire. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I love Husey. Um, I think he's one of those guys that you could put him in the top 10 players in the comp and people look at it, in the, as you said, the first yeah. instance go, what? But then you, you, know, you back it up with what he's done over the last few years. I mean, he, he, isn't a, he isn't a halfback that's moved to fullback and just played a bit of mm. ad-lib footy. He's moved into the halfback role. <laughs> like, it's crazy to think about. And I get people all the time message me and go... How can you say Avrilo isn't going to work when Hughes has done it? And I'm like, no, you don't. You're not. You're comparing apples and oranges. They're not even close. To They're the not same even in the same ballpark as each other. Yeah. What What Hughes has done has been. Do you remember when they first played him at halfback? It was two weeks out from the finals. Yeah. Brody Croft got dropped. 2019. Yeah. Imagine two weeks out from the finals, going, "Hey, you're the seven for the Melbourne Storm." And then the next year, you win a premiership. Yeah. Unbelievable. Had Cooper Cronk for the last ten years. You look like a handy fullback. Come play seven. Yeah. Final he, start in two weeks. He's almost like if you could design a fullback, uh, sorry, a halfback for the new style of game, it would literally be Hughes. Outside of Nathan Cleary, like Nathan Cleary yeah. is honestly generational talent. But outside of a generational talent, if you could just get this guy that was developed perfectly for the modern game, where solid passing, solid kicking, but an incredible running game. He doesn't get game. kicks wrong. No. I think it's the most underrated part of his game. Yeah, totally. He He's does not get kicks wrong. In 2019, I reckon he got 10 tries from kicking to Vunivalu. Yeah. His left. short kicking game is in like, you know, Munster's the good long fucking yeah. big boot on him. But you're totally right. That short kicking game. But he like when, when he lost Vunivalu, I sort of thought, this is going to hurt Jerome yeah. Hughes. He just found new ways. Mm. He just – and there's a couple of like – I can think of five or six nights this year where I watched the Melbourne Storm and he was so much better than Munster. Mm. And that's nothing against Munster. It's just a compliment to Hughes. Munster had a tough year, like yeah. off the field. He had a lot of personal stuff going on. I felt sorry for him. But you know what? You know what he kind of reminded me of to a, to a degree. Again, to a degree, a 2015 Milford. 
Yeah, I, I was actually, whilst you were talking, I was trying to think of someone that compares to Hughes and Milf's a good shout, but I still don't think it's... it's yeah, it's still not like it's still apples not, to apples. Like, I don't think there's been someone like Hughes before. Yeah, totally true. Because you would probably say Hughes' kicking game was is way more advanced than uh, Milford's was back then. 100%. Milford still struggles with his kicking yep. game. But his running game, maybe Milford's running game just a little bit better. But that just... I think it's. I think their running game is something that I'm comparing. Probably their running game that's relatively. If you similar. if you could improve something in Hughes' game, what would it be? It's a good point. Great defender. Such a good defender. Bad defender. Like kicking the, game. The amount of times when Penrith played the Storm, and and he would chop kick out real low yep. and beat him on that one on one tackle. So good. Now you, you got a good point. What would you change in Hughes? Like I love taking his his edge back row for a first try or an mm. any timer. Like he's all, he just does it all. True. Very true. Really interesting. It's kind of like he's got this curse of being at the Storm because it goes, well, it's just because he's at the Storm. Mm. And so other clubs might be a bit wary of like, oh, should we give him a million bucks because he's just at the Storm? Didn't work out at Gold Coast. Didn't work out at the Cowboys. Uh, what, what do you think with that? And his manager's already begun to <laughs> say he's not going to take his option up in two years' time, which is absolute insanity. Uh, but, you know, manager doing his job. It's all part of the game. What, what do you think? Where, what's Hughes? What lies in the future for Hughes? I, well, if I was Jerome Hughes, I'd win my two or three premierships and then I'd take a bag of money somewhere for the back end of his career. 27. What is he, mate. 27 now, so what? Two years he'll be, what, 29, 30? I mean, mate, blokes are playing until they're 35, yeah. 36 now. Yep. Like, I, mate, I, I, I honestly think it's a fair argument that he's playing his second best position too. That's crazy. I still watch the way that he plays and I think he is more suited to the fullback wow. role. Then he is a halfback well, role, but he's exceptional at the halfback yeah. role. It's kind of like Munster to an extent. It is exactly like Munster. Like Munster at fullback is a fucking problem. Absolutely. Remember when he came in at fullback for Queensland? Yeah, 2020. Oh, killed it. No one could touch him. Yeah. Oh, I said last year, that, and people laugh, but I said last year, Melbourne have got six of the top 15 fullbacks in their state. Yeah, it's, you know Between what? Hughes, Munster, Pappy. Hines. Hines. Or was it four? Sorry. Yeah. Like It's a really good point. That's a really good point. They got the two best hookers in rugby league. Like, yeah, fucking hell. Tell you what, it's it's inter- interesting. All these teams we're going through that don't have fullbacks and hookers, and these guys, yeah, have got true. too many. True. Um, yeah. Look, I think it's going to be another good year for Storm. I think that Bellamy is going to be absolutely stinging the way they went out. Stinging. What happens with Brandon Smith? Yeah, I, I think he plays thirteen this year. I, I, I'm confident he plays thirteen yeah. this year. I think, especially with Nass and Tui, I don't think they have a choice but to play mm. him. Do you think, like, in my opinion, signing with the Roosters, the way that it all happened, sealed his fate? I think that the Storm have gone, you know what? Harry Grant is clearly the guy going forward now. Like, another club would, would have a tendency to go... Because, like, last year, I felt Cheese was the better hooker than Harry Grant, um, as in he was playing better footy. Uh, whereas I think the Storm this year are going to basically go... We need Harry Grant on the on the field in a key position as long as possible, and that's actually going to hurt Smith's minutes a little bit. Um, and I think it it kind of like sealed the deal even more the way it happened with the Roosters. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I think they're not going to be they'll be less inclined to be like, well, he's playing better for you. Let's put him at nine. What what do you feel about that? Oh, I've always thought that Harry Grant's going to be the better hooker. Okay, I've always said that I'll probably <clears throat> die on that hill, but I I, I think that. Brandon Smith had an unbelievable season. Didn't he win Dallium Hooker? He uh, was the best hooker there yeah. last year. I, I'm not and arguing and that. Yeah. Yep, not arguing that. I think that um, service-wise, out of dummy half, 
Harry Grant wins that in an absolute landslide. But when Brandon Smith decides to run the ball from five metres out, you can't stop him. You, like, you physically can't stop him. Mm. And if he passes the ball... The best thing about Brandon Smith is that when he does pass the ball, you look at the markers and the A and B defenders, they're all within a metre of each other. Yeah. Because they yeah. know if he decides not to pass the ball, which he quite often does, he's going to score. Yeah. Like, he sucks in half the field into his two metres. Mm. But I, I think Harry Grant is... Nah. I, I think there's a good chance Harry Grant finishes as the second best hooker we've seen. Wow. I know that's a big call. Big call. Big I've call. always thought that about Harry Grant. I've always thought he was going to be a superstar. So, so do you feel that the cheese, like, he got a lot of backlash for leaving and, and, you know, it wasn't handled correctly. But when you look at it, do you feel internally the storm of kind of signaled to cheese, you will not be the hooker? And so cheese has gone, if I'm not the hooker, I don't want to be here. I'm a number nine. I'm out of here. So it's kind of like, fair enough, cheese leaving? Yeah, I don't hold it against Cheese for leaving. But they, but like, so the Storm basically, they got I rid of Finucane. Smith knew he wasn't the hooker before he signed with the Roosters. Yeah. I reckon way before yeah. any of that drama, they, I reckon he knows that. Because they moved Finucane on to get yeah. money to, to have yeah. a crack at Cheese. And to some extent, mate, in the nicest way popular, it's Brandon Smith's fault because when he goes to 13, he brains <laughs> Yeah, he kills He's it. the best momentum guy in rugby league. It's crazy. Absolutely they, crazy. They don't win the 2020 Premiership without Brandon Smith. I yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think he's so important. So important to that side. His momentum, his ability to shift yeah. momentum when they're a bit under the pump, incredible. Um, yeah, really interesting. It's going to see how everything happens. I think that, you know, by the time the season rolls around, the Storm will have forgiven the situation. But I do believe that, you know, if there was ever an inkling of like, we are still going to play whoever the bet, like he is the Dallium hooker right now. Is that correct, Matt? Yep. So Brandon think about Smith, this. Yeah. The Dallium hooker will not be starting at hooker next year. Yep. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, on paper, I know what you mean. And so I think that because he signed with Roos and the way it happened, that small slither of hope of like, we're, we're playing the best hooker. Whoever's the best hooker, they get the spot. It's, it's almost turned to, no, no, Harry Grant's got the spot now because yeah. you're gone. And yeah. And I, I don't think they have a choice now when you look at the rest of the squad. Mm. Uh, just talking about the, the, the momentum that he makes. I was watching on Fox League the other day where they do that thing where they get um, a former premiership winning team. They get five or six of them to come back in and watch the game. Oh, yeah. And they had 2020 and they had Fox, Munster, Pappy, Bellamy, and I, th I think it was Kafusi, and then they had Cheese. And this was 18 months ago. So Cheese was very cocky throughout the game, yeah. just making these little stupid comments, you know. And then he came on the field and... He was on the field for eight minutes yep. and they kicked two penalty goals off the back of his penalties oh, that he earned. Yeah, and she sort of went, huh, you know, eight points, four minutes, that's the sort of player I am. And he was laughing and they were all giggling. But, yeah. like, he was actually fucking spot on. 100%. Like, he came on the field and made so much momentum that they just went, just hold him down. Yeah. We can't let them play on the next yep. play. It's such a good point. It's totally – and it's, it, it's putting into numbers – how important he is. Like yep. when you talk about impact and it's like, what is impact? Like, or whatever. That's a good example. Yep. Like here is a factual measurement of what he can do to oh, a the team. The amount of times Melbourne in 2020 scored on fifth tackle and he was on second. Mm. And, and, and it's only a matter of winning an extra four metres and yep. getting to your front. And it changes totally. the whole thing. Yep, totally, totally. Um, <clears throat> Xavier Coates, I think we're in for an absolute... <coughs> and I mean... It's going to be another Storm success story. Nick Meany as well, I think, is going to be a great uh, cover if he does, um, if anyone gets injured. Who, um, do they run with the utility? What is I don't think so because they got Grant and, and uh, they got Grant and Cheese. 
So I okay. think that's, that's enough to cover essentially anywhere you need to cover. Um, wow. You know, maybe they run with a half utility, um, like a, someone that can cover if, if a hooker or, um, sorry, a, a six or seven goes down. Yeah. There, but, yeah, a, I mean, Meany could be 14, yeah, sorry. Uh, we, uh, I think it comes down to Meany. There's another one, Tyrant Wishart. He hasn't played first grade yet. He's yep. the son of Rod Wishart. He's come from the Dragons. Yep. He's a hooker slash halfback slash winger slash fullback. Yep. He could be anything. They've also got, and I don't think we've actually got him on our list, but um, the oldest Nicarima signed there the other day, and he's been trying. Oh, Jaden. Apparently doing very well. Jaden Nicarima, yep. So, yeah, I... Yeah, I, I, I reckon that without Tui and, and Nas, if they're, they're both, they probably have to run with four forwards on their bench. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I just think that they've got too many players that can kind of like cover. Yeah, fair. You yeah. know, but in saying that, if you if you're lost, you know, maybe they'll run with like a 13 utility, like more a, a forward utility, maybe. Could be your mate, this Jack Hallworth. Yeah, that you know, that could be a good... A good shout because he could play that 13 center yeah. uh back row yeah gonna be really interesting could be nick meany though and, and he, it's also going to be a year where they're going to have to prepare for felice Cafusi and brandon smith league yeah true do you see any reality where smith gets dropped from the side i don't i don't think they've got the option yeah, and I, I i'm i'm sick of hearing people tell me that because he wants to win a premiership at the next club he goes so he's not going to go hard for them Bullshit. yeah i i think it's it's just could have been handled better. You're right, hundred yeah, yeah, percent. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was just poorly handled. But I agree with you that the it's the optics of it. It's not the reality of it. Yeah, that's the concern. Yes, it's the optics. The reality is, any player going to any club is going to want to win a premiership. Yeah, but it's the optics of the the media taking it and you know turning it into what it and the media didn't take it and you know other than the person that was counting fucking swear words like come on man um they didn't really turn anything cheese said what he said yeah. um so but i, I agree with you though that if there is literally one player in the entire NRL you know having a fucking dig tim it's to cheese so oh yeah I, I totally agree with you totally agree with you um now <clears throat> we've kind of already spoken about this uh the knights uh, actually just quickly we'll go back just the storm Now, let's say Nelson goes, Tui goes. Are they light in a forward pack? Heaps light. They are heaps light. I was looking at it today. And if you get one injury to Bromwich or Welsh, the only guys there are Maroa, Josh King and Jordan Grant. I don't know much about Jordan Grant. Josh King uh, looks solid. I'm sure Bellamy will get the best out of him. But he is not a Kamakamika or a, a Soffa. Well, they're, they're, they're different sort of players. Welch, Welch is not a, that big of a boy. No. You know, like he's, don't get me wrong, he's a big boy. But, but he's can, perfect for the opening 25. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, Bromwich is 32. Yeah. Like. I wonder. I wonder what they I would love to be a fly on the wall to Bellamy and uh, their discussions of, like, they could lose two of their big boys. And But the best thing <coughs> is, if they do lose two of those guys, they could just about call any player in the game yeah, and true. they will walk they out will on their current contract. That is true. That is Unless very they're true. playing for East or Penrith. Now, Knights. <laughs> Sorry, Knights fans. You're about to fucking... Oh, no. The, the, the Knights fans are going, mate, I've heard enough. I don't want to fucking talk about it. Anyway, uh, average age for the second row is 26. Average age for props is 25. Hooker, average age is 26. Average age for lock is 28. <coughs> 28. 
Uh, average age for fullback is 23. Interesting, they've got three fullbacks, but Toto, Stafford Toto, so obviously he's not there anymore. Um, look, the crazy thing is when you look at the roster, it's a good roster. You know, you look, look at this forward pack. Daniel Saifidi, Jacob Saifidi, Clemmer. Uh, that's a fucking great rotation of big boys. Then you look at their second row. Frizzell, Fitzgibbon. Uh, Barnett. You know, Barnett. Is, where is Barnett? Must be He's in, in the, locks, in the yeah. lock section. Do you like Barnett as a lock or what? I prefer him in the second row, but I think he will play lock. I think Matty's hit this one. Realistically. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting fucking roster, man. Do you Dang. see Fitzgibbon on the edge? Do you think he'll start there? <clears throat> Brody Jones did a pretty good job. But yeah, I see Fitzgibbon. Fitzgibbon and Frizzell will be their starting edge rowers, I'd say. Well, I, I don't think you can carry Barnett on the, on the bench, so I think he has to be third, eh? Yeah, it's true. He, Barnett has some really good footy in him. He's especially when he's footy, super yeah. aggressive. You he's know, a mongrel. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think we've already really talked about... Look, I, I, what I do like is like... A guy like Bradman Best, still only 20 years old. Now, I know last year wasn't his biggest year, but I think that if he can stay injury-free, we're going to see absolute... Like, there was a period there where it was like origin chat, like, you know, close as in this guy may play origin in the next 24 months. Now, that may have... That boat may have sailed because you've got Latrell Mitchell and Tom Travoy. Yeah, it's going to be a tough gig. So that boat may have sailed for the next five years. Look at, like, a guy like Zach Lomax, like... Another guy that could probably play Origin. Stags. Stags, fucking crazy. Um, but Bradman Best, when he's playing, he's so impactful for them. So impactful. Such a worry that he's only played 31 games. Yeah. Dane Gagai, I think, is a great buy. Yeah. They, they, their backs were good, but they had a lot of errors in them. And I think Gagai is going to bring that just veteran mentality, low errors, good defence, good ball running. Um, I would still argue that Gagai's best club footy he's ever played was at Newcastle. You reckon? They, like, they were going like a busted, but he was a one-man show. Yeah, you go all day. Literally go all day. He, I mean, the amount of tough carries he would take yeah. would just be crazy. He'll, he'll be so good for Bradburn Best too. I know yeah, he'll be on the other sides of the park, but just to have him around and yeah. learn off him Absolutely. Be sensational. I, I think, uh, to, to further your point, I think he'll be good for all of their outside backs. Just teach them, like, every, every week, you know, during last year, I'd come on here and I would look at the error rate and it would be like eight errors for the backs and two for the forwards. Yeah. And, like, that is such a huge no-no as a back. Your, your most base job is very minimal errors. Yeah. You, you, the, the dogs in the middle can afford to make an error because they're getting through so much work. So if a forward, you know, drops a ball and tackle, you go, you know what, fuck, bro, you just made 20 tackles and you're getting absolutely sweet. Whereas when an outside back takes a scoot and drops it, it's just not acceptable. Yeah. It is not acceptable. I think Dane Gagai is, is going to teach, going to be, because they didn't really have, like I'm trying to think of like, they didn't really have any outside backs that were experienced. Not really? Uh, I think Heimel's got the most and he's sitting. And he's basically a rookie still to an extent. He's played, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Heimel's 28 with 101st grade games, but he's still like. It was in and out of first grade yeah, for quite yeah. a while. So you, so. so yeah, um, whereas Dan Gagai is tippity-top, yeah. tippity-tippity-top. Yeah, there's a big gap between the two, yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, Heimel, Heimel Hunt, when he plays some good footy, he's fucking He's really very good. solid, yeah. Uh, Got married last week, Heimel. Did he? Him and Ellie, yeah. Thoughts on Adam Clune from the Dragons? Could he be the man, the experience? He actually brained it in New South Wales Cup a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, apparently, like, people always were sending me, you've got to check Sam Clooney out, and, like, his highlights were Bro, fucking his crazy. his right-to-left pass yeah. is one of the best you will ever see, but we have not seen. And I, I remember when he made his first grade debut, he was a little bit older. He was 25 or something, and I remember I posted about it, and 
I said, watch his right to left. Get on Jordan Piero. He's the left winger first try. And he didn't throw it once. I don't know if he didn't have the opportunity or whatever it was. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but once again, New South Wales Cup, he sort of floated along. Then he had one year where he just went. Like he, he got almost 30 tries this in one wow. season. He really brained it. But, yeah, I, I have been disappointed with what I've seen since arriving in first grade. But once again... Being a first grade halfback is so difficult. Oh, oh it's not man. even funny. Like people yeah. undervalue it, and uh, it's just so hard to be average mm. for me yep. as a halfback. It's such a tough gig, and in this team, yeah, it's going to be tough. I, I don't know where Kurt Mann plays. I think he probably has to be the fourteen now to cover for <coughs> the hooker now that Braley's gone down. But Kurt Mann's the sort of guy that's got the potential to maybe cover a couple of issues. But we only saw the best out of Kurt Mann when he had Pierce next to him anyway. Yeah. Um, what's you know really the pressure? On, and I know it's on Ponga. That's a given. Everyone will accept that. But I really do believe the pressure is on Jake Clifford now. Massive amounts Mate, of people pressure. are building him up. Yeah, a lot. Yes, and he's twenty four, which is surprising. It's he's, he's quite. I thought he's a bit younger, but if he doesn't play well, they they don't have any. Mate, if I would have said to you in March last year that Jake Clifford's a good player, people would have laughed at me. Yeah, he was, strugg- he was really struggling. He was really struggling. He's put together 10 good games, which have been very impressive, most of which were with Pierce next to him mm. again, though. Um, yeah, I, he's but another guy that I really worry people could turn on quickly. That's, that's what I'm saying. Because like, people are building him up too much. But they, but I think Knights fans are building up because who else is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He, like, he is yeah. just the guy. Like, if, if, if he had any other player with a little bit more experience... He would just be a good young half that we're hoping turns out to be great. But I think it's almost out of desperation that they're like, if he's our only way out. And he and, and honestly, what's crazy, he really is their own He like, is, yeah. Their only way out of this. Like But like I get Newcastle fans talking to me like, oh, we just have to find someone to pair with Clifford. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah. On paper, yes, but Clifford isn't an out and out seven that you can yeah. rely on for twenty six weeks straight. Like not yet. He's not still yet, developing. Not yet. Yeah. I, I, well and truly can be, mm. but he's played fifty five first grade games. He, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What That's about Phoenix, Co- Phoenix Crossland? A lot of raps coming through. Hasn't really set the world alight. Had some solid games. Yeah. Um, 21 years old. I know that uh, Barry Tui said a few weeks ago that he, he had heard that this guy was going to play lock for them. Really? Which I find hard to believe. No, but Barry's mail is normally pretty, pretty good. damn good. Yeah. Um, he's not big enough. I don't think he is either. Far out. But... Do you remember a couple of years ago when he was going to be the six and they thought he was going yeah, to be? Yeah, 100%. Just hasn't, they just haven't – I'm not – I wouldn't say he hasn't kicked on, but they haven't even given him the opportunity. That's what I mean. It's been a really on. bizarre – It's been strange. And they, but they, the crazy thing is is they've had the opportunity to blood him and be right. like – with Pierce, just be like, you're the guy. Like Pierce has missed so much footy, they could have played <clears> Phoenix <throat> a lot more than what they have. Yep. Yeah, look, big year, big year. I, I just don't know. Braille, oh, man. The bigger like, four years coming up. Yeah, I look, I, th- I think this is a, this is a franchise-defining year. It's a franchise-defining four months. Of yeah, far out. All right, boys and girls, thank you so much for listening. We will do the eight next eight sides um, next week. Uh, we would have talked about the cricket and the NFL, but clearly we've got gone way over time. Uh, make sure to follow the guru at Rugby League Guru on Instagram. Also got a podcast as well that you're taking to new heights. Subscribe sure to Rugby League Guru. Uh, you got anything you need to say? 
No, mate, I think I've said enough for today. It's enough Probably for sick of me now. <laughs> uh, as usual, guys, grab a case of Bloke in a Bar. The beer of sport. It is the beer of sport. Make sure to get down and uh, grab a case. I'm speaking to you whether you're like, yeah, I'm not going to do it this week or I haven't tried or whatever. Please go and grab a case. It's a beautiful beer, I promise you that. But as usual, I'll go and fuck myself. Thank you. <laughs>